Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mal, as in Mallory. (laughs) And I'm James. And this week we are talking about season one, episode two, The Dance. Now, this episode aired on January 27th, 1998, and the synopsis for the episode is, It's the night of the school dance. Dawson reveals his feelings for Jen, Joey confronts Dawson's mom with what she has seen, and Pacey confronts his teacher over that kiss. Or alternatively, this is a 45-minute commercial for Chapstick. Yes, it is. <laughs> that product placement was wonderful, and I loved it. So before we get into the episode details itself and do the scene play-by-play, I just want to ask you all, how did this watch treat you? It's now our second episode of Dawson's Creek. We've now seen two episodes here. What did you all think? Without giving too much away, what, what, what was your experience? Stella, I'll go with you first. I loved it. Um, overall, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it, and um, I'm really excited to to keep going. I just want to know what happens next. <laughs> Mallory? I loved it as well. Um, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> just <laughs> at the end, I was so excited about, you know, what's going to happen next. And Yeah, I mean, like, overall, I think that there's such a noticeable difference from the pilot to this, not just in terms of like when they shot it or, you know, what we just talked about, but I feel like the writing is stronger. The performances are stronger and there's, it it just felt like there was such a better speed with all of the characters. And I, you know, after we finished the pilot, I was like, Oh geez, what did we get ourselves (laughs) into? Cause if we're going to get 128 episodes or so of this, I'm nervous. But after this, I was into it. You know, even though they doubled down on a lot of things that I wish they didn't double down on, uh, there are a lot of really strong things about this that made me excited. Agreed. I mean, it was such a charged episode from start to finish. I mean, I guess we might as well go ahead and get into it. So, Cody, go go ahead and kick us off with the very first scene. Yeah, sure. So uh, we're we're jumping straight into Dawson's room and... After rewatching footage from their horror movie film shoot, Dawson gives Joey some flack for not kissing Pacey during an essential scene and opens the door a little bit for Dawson uh, trying to kiss Jen and how that's going between them. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the the the, the little clip of the movie that they're watching is confirms everything that we were talking about <laughs> last week this is a total hack film yeah <laughs> this movie sucks i can't believe that this is what we are using i mean i guess i can if they're using this as our our uh, barometer for for dawson's filmmaking prowess it only stands to reason that he is going to get to be much better by the time he gets out of this um but the shot so it, it you know when it finally transitions to the the bedroom we see dawson staring intently at what I initially thought was the back of Joey's head. And <laughs> and it is revealed that that is a, I guess, a prop mannequin head that he is doing the makeup for. Yeah, it looked like the Polar Express kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's really terrifying. This Great whole- job with the prop department. Yeah. Yeah, that one. yeah I mean, it... This mannequin head features quite predominantly through the rest of this episode, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say here, but... 
the line that I liked about this scene, you know, so this whole scene is, in my opinion, is is like setting up the the whole crux of this mm-hmm. episode, right? It pays off th- on multiple levels throughout. But is why don't you just pretend that you're kissing someone else? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest jumps I think in this, you know, as I said, was the writing. And I love that we're getting a really strong allegory with the film that they're shooting that is coinciding with Dawson. And that is the theme of this episode. He is the monster that he is shooting. And something that kind of worried me with the first episode of Dawson being a gross, horny teen boy that's just like going after Jen. And, it, you know, it was kind of problematic. That they're they're making him the protagonist. We're supposed to root for him, but he's kind of a gross dude. But now, like in this second episode, I love that they're actually kind of calling him out on that and saying like, oh, you do have this kind of, doc, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde relationship with the women that you're filming. And we're going to see that go from start to finish of this episode. And they're really mm-hmm. going to play it out. And I really like that. Um, I, um, wondered, I don't think this is going to happen, but I thought it was interesting that the first and second episode both start with a clip from his movie. And I was kind of wondering like if each episode this season would start with a little clip from his movie, but it sounds mm-hmm. like, it sounded like the film festival was coming up. So I kind of doubt mm-hmm. that, but thought that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe that's the way that we get to see Dawson's film is just in little 30 second increments over the course of this season. Um, it's I mean, if I, I hope that we never get to watch the whole thing. <laughs> I disagree. I want an entire <laughs> 45 minute film. I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm worried for Dawson, the character, because this film is shit, and so it's not going to get into a festival. But something that just really grinds my gears, and we, and it's confirmed later, and we see that this clip at the beginning of the characters walking towards the camera from the dock, and they're having this conversation. Um, but later when we actually see them shooting this film, no one's doing sound, but the sound right. is immaculate in this short. And just like as someone that's like worked on, you know, films and stuff, it's it totally grinds my gears, man. Like I want to see a sound person doing that. And so um, it was really weird. And also we'll see that later that Dawson is wearing headphones, but there's no, no there's nothing he's listening to. So I imagine that he's probably just listening to the soundtrack to Dawson's Precon <laughs> cassette on his walk. Yeah. And as we, we find out in a later scene, they're just shooting this on their, the parents' handy cam. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, and we, we do see a, a couple shots of that in the first episode too, just using this camera and to your point, Cody, where it, are the microphones? Because there's not an outboard microphone on that, on that camera that I could see. So how are we getting the quality of audio that we are? I guess we're reading too deep into the filmmaking of Dawson's Creek, but it, it, it's just something that <laughs> I can't is nodding her head uh, <laughs> a little too intensely right now, but you know what? I'm going to say we got to talk about it because it's a part of Dawson's life. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, I like to start talking about why they are focusing so much on how how much Joey hates Pacey. Does is this mean down mm. the line are they going to are Joey and Pacey going to have a thing? She's there's so wow. much about how repel she thinks he's so repelling mm. and it's like very strong in this scene. Yeah. Uh well I you know I am I feel really bad for Joey. I mean I think this entire show is just going to be me feeling bad for Joey because every episode is knocking her over and over again. She loves Dawson. She wants to be with Dawson. It's not going to happen, or is it? But this whole thing, I mean, like, Dawson is not a good friend. I wish I knew why she was so in love with him because she does express, like, I really don't want to do this. Like, I'm sorry, Dawson, Mm -hmm. I'll star in your movie, but I do not want to kiss Pacey. And his reaction is just, do it for me. Like, it's so gross. I hate their dynamic. Yeah, it's like she's expressing how uncomfortable she is. And if he was a good friend, 
I mean, he would be like, oh, yeah, I mean, if you're not uncomfortable, I mean, if you're uncomfortable kissing this person, then no, we're not going to put you in that situation. Well, and it just begs... (laughs) She called him a cretin. (laughs) (laughs) It just begs the question, how did this friend group get started if... Seemingly everybody hates Pacey. Like even Dawson is like not super high on Pacey. So why is he here? Is it his acting chops? Is he just like the the, the theater kid? Like he gets all the leads and all the community plays. And Dawson's like, this kid's going somewhere. Let's put him in my movie. My headcanon is that Joshua Jackson does not know that he's in a TV show. And Dawson, actually all of this is real. And Dawson is like, oh my God, we can get Joshua Jackson. If we just keep calling him Pacey, he'll do this movie. He thinks his character is Pacey. He's a character with a character it's like a david lynch movie and so he's like yeah we got to get joshua jackson slash pacey into my awesome monster movie and we won't have to pay him i mean it's a win-win for everybody except for joshua jackson i love this i mean i have multiple theories about this this film that are unequally like sci-fi plot levels so i I think we should run with that this is a meta narrative and they're all actually real um yeah, I mean, does anybody have anything else to say about this scene? It, it really kind of kicks off the 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 episode in ways that I didn't realize upon my first watch. It wasn't until the second watch that I was like, oh, actually, this scene is important. Well, we cannot not talk about the leather straps and Crisco comment. Mm, yeah, that, <laughs> so that goes that, through the whole thing. Is yeah. that scene before or after the um, opening credits? Before. Th- that's opening. in this. All, uh, this is in Dawson's yeah. room, yeah. The teaser, yeah. Okay. All right. I don't want us to get too graphic here, but could somebody explain to me the leather straps in Crisco? I mean, I'm assuming Crisco is lube and leather straps mm-hmm. are just restraints. Yep. Is that all yeah. we're getting at? We're just getting at BDSM, essentially? No, um, I'm a bigger guy. And for me to put a belt on, it's really difficult. And so I have to take uh, restraints for a BDSM and I and I lube it up with Crisco to put it through my belt loops every, every morning. Day, every, every day? Every, yeah, every day. well, you help me. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, and We go through a lot of Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big man. Uh, I I just want to say too that the production design is so much better here because Dawson's room, while still gross, they've made it a little less about movies and they kind of made it more of like a teen boy. And the coolest thing I've ever seen, and even from when I was a child, I thought this was so cool and I always wanted this, is that Dawson has a street sign. This is uh, Dawson Street. Yeah, totally. And I thought that was so cool. If I was a kid watching that, I'd be like, oh my God, like I got to get Cody Street in here. It's <laughs> so cool. It is really cool. <laughs> another another favorite line that I wrote down was when uh, Jocelyn showed Joey her, or the model head, the mm-hmm. mannequin head, and he said, you give good lip. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, yeah. you definitely have kissing lips. lips yeah. yeah. You give good lip. So, I mean, this scene hits it hard from the start. We get the hypersexualization, hypersexualized dialogue with the Crisco and the and the leather straps. We get this weird, like, tension. We, this this scene really has it all laid out from the very beginning. You know, Dawson is complimenting Joey unknowingly, and she is taking it as if it's, like, leaving the door open for them. Um, but, man, that mannequin head is terrifying. I'm sorry. It is scary looking. I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, yes, he did a good job. He made it look kind of like a actual head, but it really looked a lot like a severed head, which I guess is what he's going for. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, if you pause it and you walk around your TV, the eyes follow you wherever you go. <laughs> also, I want to know why he only needs the Crisco explained and not the leather straps if he is, quote, a strapping young man who doesn't have sex on the brain, but he doesn't need the leather straps explained. Right. Yeah, Evan Williamson, write us, <laughs> please. 
um, do, 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 do. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Okay, but yes. so I think in the the um, opening credits seemed like a little bit different, right? Oh, I, th- oh, I didn't know. I didn't actually pay attention. I couldn't but- quite tell. I kind of agree with you. It didn't, it wasn't like I remembered. It felt longer, maybe. Like yeah. there was more footage scene. or something. Like, and maybe more- they cut the song in a different spot. I don't did know. They? I don't know. I don't know, Sound- but I did know. So I wrote, I noticed that Pacey was like bowing. Oh. oh, he did that in the Milady. Okay, I didn't I notice think he it did the that first in the first okay. one. Yeah, I noticed it this time, and I was like, "Yep, that seems very uh, on brand for him." Yep, I made it. It made me think like, "Oh, he is uh, an actor." Like when we <laughs> the, that that's like if they're right. introducing him through that, he's like it. It was very Shakespearean. Like he's mm-hmm. he's an actor, mm-hmm. and he's doing his little bow after his performance as a sea creature. <laughs> um, but yeah, finally we get uh, we get back to uh, Capeside High School. And Nellie is reminding us all that the big school dance is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And from here, Dawson visits Mr. Gold's room uh, for. Oh, whoa. I have some things to say about Nellie. Oh, you do? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In this moment. Yeah. Before we move on to Mr. Gold's classroom. Please. Um, <laughs> I felt like she was serving major, like, share from Clueless vibes. Like, her character. The, in this moment, I thought. This is like, and Clueless was 1995, Mm -hmm. classic 90s film. Yeah. She's this, uh, Nellie is this like bossy kind of spoiled, you know, personality. Sure. Um, And yeah, I just thought like this, this is like Cher. She's got her, her uh, dad owns the video store, you know, Cher is like that. She has like the rich dad. Also uh, the Little House on the Prairie character, I looked her up. Nellie in Little House on the Prairie had the same character. She was like the snobby girl with the rich, like That's fun. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that probably is like a metatextual thing. Like we want to incorporate other TV tropes into this show if we're going to be, you know, pretty mm-hmm. on point with it. Or Nellie in Dawson's Creek is Nellie in Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> shared universe. She's, it's a shared universe. She is an immortal vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and her dad is also an immortal vampire. I mean, got to get it. I, I, I enjoy this this kind of like, they're not making too big of a deal over the fact that the, the school dance is coming, but they're letting us all know, hey, this episode is really going to feature the dance heavily. Let's mm-hmm. get this out first, like really quickly, and then snap cut away to something else. It didn't take up too much space. It gave us a character that we've already met and hopefully are going to see more of. If Nellie is speaking on the PA, she's probably in student government. She's mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some kind of like actual role in the school. So she's probably also on the party planning committee. She probably yep. helped put together this school dance. You know, there, I feel like it says a lot more about her in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's really all we get to see of Nellie in this entire episode. It's just she's that in, one little scene. She's in a little more, but well, sure, but like, yeah, you mean this is yeah. the most we get of her, yeah, oh, yeah. of her she's doing her class. thing. She's in the film class, and it Cliff, pushes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. you're right, but it pushes her character for it develops her character just right. a little bit. And I, I was just, I mean, again, like I said, total throwaway scene, really short. Well, it's not a throwaway scene; it's it's pivotal, it's crucial to the the rest of the episode. But it's so short, and I think it just does so much with what it mm-hmm. has that I was impressed. That's, I don't yeah, know, I really why I didn't want to skip it. I was like, this is like. Nellie's moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, I mean, it is interesting that they're using this to introduce the scene of Dawson, but like the, the, right. the world of the, right. this yeah. sequence with the classroom. Um, but also to the point that I really liked about this is you can tell that they're like, should we shoot the football game? <laughs> Let's not because they're like, totally. yeah, this is going to be a celebratory dance. Like if we win, right. And they're <laughs> just going to skip over it, uh, which I thought was great. They're like, do we have it in budget or should we just not care at all? 
Um, okay, so yes, Nelly. We had Nelly. We get a lot of Nelly. And now we get Dawson, who's still moving in on Mr. Gold's uh, fifth period class for film. And Dawson says that he'll use it for a study all, but he's not going to participate. And this was an interesting turn for me because I thought in the pilot episode when Dawson is trying to get into this class, we all kind of agreed, like, he just wants to use this as an opportunity to be an insufferable know-it-all. But if he can't participate, then it's almost like, well, I, now I, I kind of like okay with it. I don't know about you if that even like crossed your mind at all. Yeah, I'm, I mean, first I was like, okay, cool. He's definitely not going to do any of that. He is going to be an insufferable know-it-all. <laughs> he is going to, he, there's no, there's absolutely no way he is going to be sitting quiet in the back of the class and doing this. But then at the same time, the like, you know, the, the, the writer in me, the, 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 sto- the storyteller in me was like, what a perfect way of getting him to have what he wants. But at the same time, he's not getting what he wants. It keeps this tension going. It keeps some conflict present. And I loved it. I mean, this, this episode, I feel like there are multiple points of this that, that I will get into later, but I love the way that this show is predictable to the point where you know exactly what's going to happen, but it doesn't feel bad when it happens, right? Mm -hmm. Like Dawson being able to get into the film class, predictable. Of course he's going to get in the film class, but there's the wrinkle that he can't, he can't participate. It just feels so satisfying. I don't know. I don't know if that's good writing, but I think of it as good writing that Mm -hmm. like we all know where it's going, but we're still kind of surprised by the way it unravels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think like any writer's room, works the same way is you present one challenge and then see how a character would react to that challenge. And if they do succeed, what challenge comes from that, that they've just accomplished, uh, which is the entire series of breaking bad. But <laughs> here it's like, yeah, like the challenge is he's, is he going to get in this class? Yeah. He's in, but he can't participate. Where yeah, do we move fun- from here? Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like it, later in, in the scene when he's in the class, there's a moment where he tries to participate, but gets shot down. Yeah, exactly. And, like, That's great they kind of tie it back in. I just thought it was so funny that the teacher was like, so passionately, like you will not participate. (laughs) Like, like, wouldn't it be nice to have a student that's like really enthusiastic and like really wants to be there? I agree. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. It seems weird. Well, and especially when we then see the class, the scene, the, the scene of the class later, which we'll discuss more. It's like, you need somebody like Dawson who has taste. I'm sorry. (laughs) I uh, can't wait for that. (laughs) Well, I'm just, I'm just going to say it right here and now. I'm Team Cliff. <laughs> I, I am not joking. I think Cliff's ideas are much better than Dawson's. Well, he's a triple threat. so it's He true. is a triple threat. Um, but we're not there yet. No, uh, no. We move now uh, to them doubling down on the worst plot line from the pilot. So we're in Miss Jacobs' English Lit class and... Pacey visits so he can talk about their disgusting kiss from the last episode. I mean, how are we all feeling after this? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, beyond the like, you know, baseline, how disgusting it is, um, I just thought it was really bizarre that Pacey <laughs> is having this conversation in front of all these students, and we like clearly yes. see one mm-hmm. watching yes. the whole thing. And it's like, you're asking for everyone to find out like rumors are going to start like what like like do you just not give a fuck like i don't know that was, was stressing me out yeah how does like, yeah yeah how does he not understand the whole illegal nature of this this whole thing that he's doing it's just yeah. like we i mean he just I doesn't think care we, i guess i think we all you know 
we all agreed last episode that this is taking place in a town of 20. <laughs> and uh, at least 15 of the 20 were at the movie and saw the fight between them happen. And then now we're in the classroom where there's at least... 10 of those people and they're it's the same people watching this happen. Like they're all going to connect the dots. There's no nuance or subtlety of Pacey trying to get with Miss Jacobs. No. And I mean, he's this whole scene felt like if, if this were a, like a action movie, if this were a, like a crime thriller, this would basically be a blackmail scene. Like we are, <laughs> we're seeing Pacey attempt to blackmail Miss Jacobs by putting her in this terrible position where mm-hmm all the kids are filing in for their first period English lit class. And why is there Pacey standing at their desk having a somewhat hushed conversation, but he's to your point, Stella, it's almost like he's like, you have more to lose here than I do. So I don't really give a fuck if people find out about what happened because I know it's going to damage you. It just feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, we, (laughs) we talked quite a bit about this last episode, but it just feels like they want us to hate Pacey. Like yeah. there yeah. is nothing redemptive here. And his behavior in the entire episode is just like, you are a bad dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just like, why do why use this plot line to make us hate Pacey? And I kind of remembered in the 90s, it was 96, 97, there was that famous case of the teacher who fell in love with her student. Do you guys remember that? Oh, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. it was huge. So I'm just wondering if that Interesting. was kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. like something that was a part of public consciousness of, and we yeah, want to use it. Well, exactly. yeah. yeah. And like we kind of discussed last episode, there are no accidents with Kevin Williamson. He is yeah. too self-aware. He is too like intelligent for that. So I bet you're right. I kind of forgot about that. I bet you're right. I bet he read that. He saw that. And then he kind of was like, well, that would be an interesting wrinkle to add into this plot line Mm -hmm. and not to spoil it too much but it feels like that that shoe fits what we're seeing quite well um based off of our later scene that we have um towards the end of this episode Mm -hmm. also have a fashion note um no shade to like sheer blouses i think that's cool but (laughs) don't schools have like really strict uh dress codes for teachers because you could see her bra not in the 90s baby (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i thought that was interesting I found it interesting not to to step away from that. Sorry, I, I found okay. it interesting that I at the end of that episode. I sorry episode that, that at the scene. end of that scene, <laughs> I found myself feeling bad for Miss Jacobs, and I can't help but ask myself why do I feel bad for this pedophile? Mm-hmm. Like she is. Both of them are in the wrong. Both both people here, right? Pacey should not. Well. Yeah, Pacey should not be doing what he's doing. Miss Jacobs should definitely not be doing what she's doing. But because Pacey is such a smarmy little fucker and because he's essentially black, what I'm interpreting as blackmailing her here, I just felt bad for her. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I feel bad for her? Well, I, you know, because, yeah, she is. I mean, she's very uncomfortable about it. You can tell like. Yeah, I, I think she, it's very fair to... Pressure, he's pressuring her to talk about it in front of the students. You know, I mean, that's why... I think that's why you feel bad. We feel bad for her because, like, she didn't want this to happen. I mean, you know, she... But she did. Yeah, she did. Like we yes. said, she she yeah. goes into the movie store. She knows she's right. flirting with a teenage yeah. boy. She knows that this is a small town. And even if she doesn't know that he's in his her class, she knows that likely he mm-hmm. goes to high school here. So she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. 
by kissing him at the end of the first episode, she admits, I would, I would say she admits by nature of having that action that this is what she wanted. And now we're feeling bad for her. I, I mean, well, I don't know. The, maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm an asshole, but I'm just like I'm sorry. I think we're supposed to feel all those things. That's totally, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. The the way I view it, and it kind of goes along how we discussed that all of these characters are from different mediums, and they're all pulled into this universe because Dawson's in his one little story about like you know, you know, the emerging teen to adulthood. Um, but Pacey is in this other universe and this universe makes me think of something like the Sopranos. Like if you watch something like the Sopranos, Tony Soprano is a horrible human being, but he is the protagonist, but that doesn't like you feel bad when bad things happen to Tony, but he's still an evil character. And that, I mean, that's a fair thing to put with Miss Jacobs. Like she's a really bad person for what she is doing. She is taking advantage of a kid, but that kid is also being a piece of shit to her and making her really Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And again, I think that would be this plotline would be more natural in a show like The Sopranos, right. like a dark, like drama. It doesn't even have to be gritty, but something that's a little more serious and has more nuance. But the fact that this plotline is happening <laughs> simultaneously with a teen light, you know, mm-hmm. oh, will they, won't they kind of show is really jarring and it pulls me out. And again, like I really liked this episode, but every single time Pacey and Miss Jacobs, their plotline, this B story is happening, I'm instantly pulled out and grossed out and it's just right. so jarring it does not it does not work for me also <laughs> i really don't like the way that pacey creepy whispers everything that he says good yeah. morning miss jacobs i am uh, your tongue was in my mouth mm-hmm. uh, do not like it i i mean i wonder you know mal if um what you said about like that kind of story happening in the 90s if mm-hmm. you know, that does play a part in to them writing about this, but um, I was just like trying to imagine like if this kind of plot line was introduced in um, in a TV show like now currently like yeah. how that would be received like it just seems so bizarre kind of like what Cody was saying with mm-hmm. just the juxta- juxtaposition of like this sweet teenage yeah. you know high school <laughs> story and then it's like whoa, this is incredibly... Like, out on left field. Yeah. <laughs> well, from here we move on back to the sweet, innocent high school story. <laughs> and uh, we're in the cafeteria where Dawson tells the gang they're going to be having to shoot all weekend if they want to meet the festival deadline in a few weeks. And we finally get some resolution to the kiss issue where we can have Joey's character being killed and replaced by a new character played by Jen. Yeah, I found it interesting that he tells Joey that she's going to be now be back behind the camera with him. So he's Where basically putting her in, in the maybe friend zone or something, you know, and now Jen's the fantasy. Jen right. is. Yeah. But, but you know, at the same time, she's, he's sorry. He's putting her in the friend zone, but we've got these loaded statements, these right. layered yeah. statements that mean that have multiple meanings. Yes, she's where she belongs because she is a better writer. She's got mm-hmm. film sense. She's got this. But the way she interprets it, where I belong next to you, you know, yes. so it continues this will they, won't they, this tension that is constantly creeping in on all sides between Dawson and Joey. And uh, yeah, I mean, I thought <laughs> yet again, it's just like, God, this show is written so well. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of good lines here, too, in this moment. Yeah. Joey, major uh, revelation. Yeah. Love that. 
I'm not engorged with this either. Okay. Oh, Why? That's such a pacey line. <laughs> Why? It's. I mean, it's. It, it's like they had a quota that they had to meet for like hypersexualized dialogue hits. Like <laughs> nobody. Again, I know we said this a million times in the first episode. Nobody talks like that. I looked up the actual definition: cause to swell with blood, water, or another fluid. I'm not swelled with this. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand that word choice. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, part of the part of the whole crux of this episode, as we'll get into later on with a specific scene, is hormones and puberty. Right. right? Mm -hmm. That is basically, you know, I think that that's kind of like the analogy or the metaphor of the film that Dawson is shooting. But that is also potentially what we're seeing with with Pacey here. Why is everything so heightened? Why is everything so sexual? Well, because he is a virile young boy on the verge of manhood. He's going through puberty right now. He is just coursing with testosterone and other hormones. And that is exactly the type of example that I would expect from, or the type of language that I would expect from somebody who is going through Mm -hmm. puberty at that point in time. I just, I I find it so frustrating that all of the things that I did not like from the pilot episode have been wrapped up into Pacey as a character. Yeah, it's like they were like, okay, all this shit sucks. He's a horrible person. But what if we kept it? <laughs> what if we really leaned in? Yeah, and like, yeah, the, the world is still pretty, you know, sexualized from the pilot. I, I think they toned it down a little bit, which is, you know, thank God. But still, like, of course, Pacey is the one to be like, I'm super not engorged. <laughs> like, why are you still fucking talking about this? It's so disgusting. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, Cody, do you want to talk about the film references in this scene? Um, or no, I mean, well, Janet Lee and Psycho, Barrymore and Scream, that, yeah, or yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty fun that Kevin Williamson is, you know, giving a nod to himself and like the major criticism that the Drew Barrymore thing was just a ripoff of Psycho. And I mean, I, you know, I think the fake out with Janet Lee is like one of, you know, the world's favorite fake outs because we thought she was the star. But I remember, you know, I was pretty young when Scream came out, but the marketing for Scream is brilliant because I remember Drew Barrymore being front and center on the posters before the movie came out. And then they replaced her with Nev Campbell later. But that was the best. And when I first saw Scream, I could not believe it when Drew Barrymore was killed uh, within oh. the first five mm-hmm. minutes. Amazing. Yeah. Um But just, yeah, I just love Kevin Williamson giving a nod to mm-hmm. himself. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> I thought it was a great, a great thing to do and I also kind of loved that he was self-deprecating about it right Mm -hmm. like he's not shitting on other movies he's not shitting on Janet Lee or Psycho or anything he's not shitting on some other horror slasher movie he's only shitting on his own movie Scream I thought that was a nice touch you know and I bet it's the kind of thing that like I said I had no idea that Kevin Williamson was had any affiliation to Dawson's Creek so if I were you know, watching this after I had a fandom of Scream and saw that line, didn't know Kevin Williams and be like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> but it's cute. I don't know. It's kind of cute that he's, yeah, I like you know, I, I just, I, I like that. Uh, also, I just want to touch on the fact that Dawson, like when they come to this realization where they should introduce a new character of Jen, and he says it's it fits right in line with the tone of the piece, which it does not. And when I was first watching this episode, I was like, Dawson, you are bonkers like that. It, it completely negates the themes of your movie if it's about the monster that falls in love with the woman. But, he, you know, does all this stuff. But then later we find out like, oh, this is all an allegory for himself. And, you know, he's replacing the person. Uh, it does fit in right with the piece. Dawson, Kevin Williamson, writing yourself <laughs> into this script. Uh, the meta-ness of all of it but is pretty again, great. But again, this is, this is where 
again, we have all these loaded statements. We've got so much that's going on that that perpetuates this will they, won't they. If this was all written for him to write himself as the monster following, falling in love with this, the girl of his dreams, the girl of his dreams is Joey. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. is he, are we supposed to assume that he did have these strong emotions for Joey that he, that he didn't quite understand yet? Because if so, then the whole pilot episode's opening scene makes no fucking sense because mm-hmm. he's basically like, no, me with sex with you? No way. So it's very interesting. Yeah. I don't really know if he's aware that he's in love with Joey or like if he is aware of it that it's so buried beneath him that he can't even admit it, which I mean, Mm -hmm. again, like we also talked about how this could be a queer allegory for Kevin Williamson himself. And if Joey was a boy that Kevin was in love with and they were friends and he didn't know really how to deal with these emotions, then that would make sense. But Mm -hmm. for this relationship, how it is right now, it just seems strange. I mean, it's like, are we to assume that he has never had a crush on a girl up until this point? Right. Is Jen supposed to be the first person? Katie Couric. Katie Couric. That's right. (laughs) I yeah, I just don't really understand his relationship with women if he's never had a crush on anyone up until this point, mm-hmm. except for Katie Kirk. And then Jen is the first like human being that's in his life that's a tangible person that he could possibly date. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think we there's a little little glimpse later of him maybe feeling something for Joey and at the dance, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. 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 But first we have to get to uh, back to uh, Miss Jacobs English lit class where they're talking about Wuthering Heights and she just uses this as a, a way to say that I'm sorry Pacey we can not be boyfriend and girlfriend in front of this town of 20. <laughs> yeah I mean okay so my oh. has anyone seen with read Wuthering Heights before we get into that? I have not. No, I have not. Okay me neither. I wikipedia did. Oh okay. And I still didn't really see how any of this conversation could work. But, <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, I've only seen it as a book that is discussed. Mm. I've never read it. I have no I, even remote idea about what it is about. But I thought that this was a very interesting scene because it gives us so much explanation as to who Miss Jacobs is, right? Her, her reasoning for why this relationship will never work out between Heathcliff and Catherine. That's what they're discussing. These characters from this book mm-hmm. is that, um, they, they never belong together that, that Heathcliff is in the prime of his life and has so much to live for essentially. And, well, actually she says he's a pretty all right guy, but that, that Catherine is essentially a mess and that she, that Heathcliff doesn't have time for a whimpering, mentally unstable wet rag so, okay, so if we're so, to ex- in, extrapolate this, that, that what she's doing, just like you said, Cody, is explaining to Pacey why this will never work out. Pacey is Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty all right guy who's got much more to live for, <laughs> which I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> and that she is a mess. She's essentially a mess and a mentally unstable wet rag. So is that line? It could not have been in the book. She's making that oh, line, right? Definitely. Like she's, she, that's, that her. Is, that's, that's her. Yeah. Oh, she's talking about herself. That's for not sure. In the yeah. book. That's her. Yeah. But no, in, yeah. The, in the book, the character, I mean, dies in childbirth. And I think there's a lot of drama with Catherine, okay. the character, but who is a total mess in that book. Mm-hmm. But I thought like she was, she was, making it so much about her that mm-hmm. the entire class would recognize what yeah. she's talking about. Well, and you they can did. tell their, rea- yeah. their reaction was like, yeah, everybody like, in the, in the school or everybody in the classroom is just kind of like, wait, um, Miss Jacobs 
um, Excuse me? <laughs> can we talk about the book now? <laughs> also, uh, earlier we were talking about we're getting a, a little bit more of Nelly. And in this scene, I thought it was really interesting that she was the first person to raise her hand. She was like mm -hmm. the Hermione Granger right. of yes. this high school, which I would not expect yes. because in the pilot, she's just like, I just want to party. Yeah. So right. party. she's extremely intelligent and wants to talk Another about Wuthering Heights. reference. Yeah. Mm. Oh, is that? Have you seen Clueless? I haven't watched Clueless in maybe 15 years. Oh, you must watch it. Oh, I've seen yes. it before. It's just oh, been know, a very I mean, long time. Yeah. Tune into our Patreon. Well, she's very intelligent, but yeah. she comes off as, you know, kind of, yeah, just like Nelly. Like, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, now I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say like, oh, Wuthering Heights is a huge plot no, point. No, no, Clueless. And I was no, like, the point, the point about Nelly being, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back to, you know, why why am I feeling bad for this character? This scene really cements those feelings for me. She is <laughs> I mean, if she if that's what she thinks of herself, that she is a mess, she's meant she's a mentally unstable wet rag. I can see she hates herself. That's what we're supposed to get from this. She yeah. Miss Jacobs hates herself. And I can see if you hate yourself, you make all sorts of horrible decisions. I've been in that position where I, I am like, God, I am not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of that. So I'm going to act to what I believe I deserve. And when I kind of contextualize her character in that way, suddenly I get an explanation for why she would do something so disgusting, so despicable, because she fucking hates herself. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, man, I want redemption for her. And unfortunately, we don't get it this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of worried that, like like I said, there are no accents. Kevin Williamson knows what he's doing. He is um, he's the god that I don't believe in. But <laughs> I'm worried that we're just going to continue to get this kind of like feel bad for her, feel bad for Pacey. We're always going to teeter closer to that line of like, yes, this is wrong, but we can't resist it. You know, but I don't know. I... I like what they're doing. It is a step in the right direction, but I'm still like every time it comes up, I'm just like, can we stop? Can we get away from this? Is there nothing else that we could have talked about? Is there no other way to explore the ideas of self-hatred and, and the destructive yeah, yeah. behaviors that that creates? Like they're definitely, she could have just been an alcoholic that drinks yeah. on the job. Totally. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and again, like it's, it's perfectly okay it's okay to understand that hating a character and feeling bad for them are not mutually exclusive. It's just this, th this whole plot line is just from something that is not cool to be in this show. That's the problem. Yeah. And, uh, it's just far too jarring and disgusting and, um, I don't like it. Uh, nope. but finally we get to go to Mr. Gold's classroom Okay, so it's revealed that the film class is literally making a film for the Boston Film Festival and, uh, that's the same program that Dawson is trying to get his work entered into. And so it seems like the class has written a script and it's already been storyboarded. And uh, the film is autobiographical <laughs> of Cliff's high school football experience. Yeah. And what's Helmets the title? Helmets of Glory. Yep. Helmets of Glory. Yeah. Helmets of Glory. <laughs> okay. So a couple questions that I have here. Junior level, the the professor, the teacher, Mr. Gold, describes this. Dawson immediately jumps in, right? Yeah. What's he supposed mm -hmm. to do? Be quiet, sit in the back of the class, and not participate. What does he do? Immediately ask a question and try to participate. <laughs> All right, Dawson, off to a really bad yeah. start. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Um, but <laughs> so Mr. Gold responds, it's a junior level competition. Mm -hmm. Why is he trying to enter his film into this? Doesn't he know it's a junior level competition? Or is oh, Mr. Gold point. lying to him? Good point. 
I'm not following. Say that, that again. So Dawson's yeah. trying to enter his film into the same film festival, yeah, yeah. right? This is what he's trying to do. But Mr. Gold tells him it's a junior level competition. Mm-hmm. So therefore, wouldn't he be excluded from this because he is a sophomore maybe by his own admission? Maybe or, he's junior in the sense of like not not like high school grades, but oh, that's junior. yeah, that's how I viewed it. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, okay. class right. specific. It's more like these are for young people a to enter. Junior. Okay, I get it. See, I tied yeah. it immediately back to last episode yes. where this is a junior level class. Also, on on that note, Nellie is in this class, which is a junior level class. She's also in the English class, which, which is presumably Casey's sophomores. In, so you would think that's sophomores, unless they're mixed. Mixed. Well, she, if, if we follow this line that she's the son of a wealthy businessman in town and they're both immortal vampires, maybe <laughs> they have some kind of, you know, <laughs> leverage over Mr. Gold and that's maybe Mr. Gold is a vampire. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get a Twilight story yeah. mixed. Of all. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about last <laughs> episode is that Kevin Williamson is the one that ended up writing the vampire diaries for the CW. Oh, so what? this could be a prequel. Okay. And See, we just look, didn't know that. more ammunition that Nellie and her dad are immortal <laughs> vampires from Little House on the Prairie. I'd love to see it. Uh, I have some notes about Cliff. Okay. Yes. Oh, I'd yes. love to hear what you talk the about. The actor who plays him. Oh, okay. Scott Foley. He was in Felicity at the same time, ninety eight. Oh, um, talked about that he played last episode. A main character, um, and uh, I guess he was also in Scream Three. But do any of you have a that. guess as to what his age is right now? I looked at it. Right, okay, right now. <laughs> so, no, I'm not, not, not right now. Or sorry, in, the, in this okay. episode. I'm gonna say. Okay, so he's supposed to be sixteen years old, right? Because mm-hmm. they're they're a year senior. Um. He looks like he is 37. Oh, I'm going to say 31. Um, He is 26. Yeah. And at the same time he was playing in his character in Felicity is a a college student. So he was supposed to be playing like between a 17 and 20 year old in either of these shows while he was 26. (laughs) Love it. I love TV. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great to see these super accurate representations of what fifteen and sixteen year old kids look like. <laughs> Isn't that what you guys looked like when you were in high school? He, also <laughs> looks, yeah, he looks older. Why? Like why? Yeah. There is not why a single casting? person who has acne. Who has you know? Like everybody yeah. looks great. I mean, um, yeah. I I talked about it earlier. I I think Cliff is in the right. I think his yeah, movie. Speak on that. Why yeah. do you feel like he? What what is it about Helmets of Glory? Okay, so here's what I wrote. Cliff is treating this like he survived war. <laughs> like he like, question. Yeah. So, Cody, what is it for you that you feel like that Cliff is in the right here? Uh, Cliff is in the right here because his movie actually has stakes. You know who the hero is. You know, like everyone that's watching knows what football is. Uh, there's a clear story and there's a complication that is clear to the audience. Uh-oh, the star quarterback his arm is hurt and how is he going to play in the big game? So at least like when I see that versus Dawson's movie where he's, he's going in for this new twist where the love interest is being murdered and being replaced with the cousin uh, that the creature is supposed <laughs> to fall in love with. When I think of those two movies and just those two movies in comparison, I go, yeah, I'm going to go with the football movie. Although that's not really my cup of tea. I'm going to go with a football movie that actually has stakes. Or you're like, Oh, I wonder how this quarterback's going to play this football game. Not that it sounds good. I just think it sounds a lot better than Dawson's movie. Were, at this time, were there any like big sports movies that out like that came out? I'm sure there. Remember always, the Titans? Do you know? Yeah, that, that might have been a little later. I think that was just two, curious. Yeah, that was two thousand. 
Well, so I was about to say, I think that Cliff went on to write the show Friday Night Lights because he's basically <laughs> describing the pilot episode of Friday Night Lights. So we move into the, the hallway of the high school where Dawson tells Joey about Cliff's film, Helmets of Glory, and Jen gets asked out by Cliff, which mm-hmm. is the last thing that Dawson needs in his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My big issue with this scene... Okay, it's not an issue, but my... My thought here is, okay, so after everything happens, right, we, we get this whole discussion. We can talk about that in a second. We see uh, Cliff and Jen talk. When Cliff and Jen break their conversation and Jen walks away, she does not acknowledge them at all. Yes, yes. <laughs> what I thought the that fuck? was so weird. So odd. Well, it, they all sat at lunch together at the same table. Yeah. yeah. It's it, just a very few scenes odd. Ago. Yeah, and then for her to just like completely ignore them, it's just like, it, yeah, it is weird, and it's not brought up later in the show. You'd think that would be a plot point that'd be like, "Hey, that was really weird at high school today. Why did you? Why would you call it high school?" Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, today at high, well, they all sound like data, right? Uh, today at high school, I was very concerned about your activity, um, your lack of acknowledgement of my presence. Yeah, but they never talk about it again. So I just think it was just a weird day on set. And also, I want to come back to why I'm Team Cliff. I'm Team Cliff for this entire show, not just this movie. I think Cliff is a nice guy because uh, mm-hmm. he didn't come in too hot with Jen. He was being a genuinely nice guy. He was like, yeah. hey, yeah, if you want to come to the dance and meet some people, you know, because right. I know what it's like to be, you know, new at a school and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, let's yeah. look at the, you know, the, um, the, like, the direct, like, oh, God, I'm trying to think of the word. But in the in the show, 13 Reasons Why, I don't know if any of you have seen this. It's another teen drama show that's on Netflix. Um, the jock character who steals away the, the main character's love interest in that show is depicted as a violent rapist. Um, so th- that is the way that we would explore that concept in today's mm-hmm. drama. But they give Cliff, like, uh, he gets like the bachelor edit in, in bachelor <laughs> and bachelorette, right? Like totally. they make him look so good. He sure. He's being like, you could say kind of pushy in the sense that he's like, yeah, you know, let me just show you around when really what he's trying to do is get closer to her romantically. He's not necessarily speaking his true intentions here. He is kind of caging it just a bit, but he's doing it in a nice way. He is, he's not being pushy. He's giving her the opportunity to be like, no, I'm not really into it. He's not being too presumptuous. What did Stella Mal, what did you both think of that? Did you, my read was like, oh, okay. He's not actually that bad of a guy. I agree. I, I don't think he's, he, but he's not being pushy or, you know, making her feel uncomfortable. He's you know, just right. being like, hey, like I understand how it is to be new kid, you know? Right. I don't know. Stella, would you say yeah. yes to him? Yeah, I would say yes yeah. to him. Absolutely. Just because of his <laughs> chest measurements or? <laughs> and that hair. He's got great yeah, hair. He did have hair. great hair. Mm-hmm. But again, I just love that he, like the balls in her court, like he wasn't chevy about it. He was just like, yeah, if you want it, it's cool. I mean, yeah, we don't like, you know, he's not making his romantic intentions like too known, but I do like that he was just like, yeah, whatever, just let me know. Yeah. And he just seems chill. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody just wants to Netflix and chill, so. <laughs> uh, is this, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first instance where we learned that everything in New York is very fast? <laughs> yes. Because um, that gets brought up 2,000 times yes. in this episode. Yeah, they move fast in New York. the first time, but Joey brings it up a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah in this episode. Told you, about, Dawson, they move oh, fast right. in New York. Yeah. In the opening scene, that's where they, they kind of set that, like, mm-hmm. right, have you kissed Miss? Have you kissed your love interest yet or whatever? You know, you got to move fast because she's going to move on, and then that's where this is where we get that evidenced. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's moving faster. She's going for the person who's expressing his interest, and you're just sitting here watching with your tail between your legs, Dawson. <laughs> How does that feel? 
I just don't really understand the association with New York with speed. Well, and the big city. Oh, you know. Yeah, everyone's getting getting somewhere. Business, big city, like. Yeah. And everybody, subways, everybody subways. in a yeah, city. It's a fast paced place. Oh no, I, I I got the association that they are doing, but and I and I've and I've heard the phrase like, "Hey, speedy New York." Oh yeah, yeah. you know, walking here. Yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm walking here. Which I've I've been to New York, and everyone says that. <laughs> but I just I don't know. I feel like they were laying it on thick. Like yeah. this felt okay. This yeah. felt like a chapstick commercial. We're gonna get <laughs> yes. there. But this also felt like a like a don't come to New York commercial. Like maybe everyone from New York was like, "We're sick of people coming to New York. We're gonna make an episode of a teen drama show where we're gonna say that New York is too fast." Do not come here. Too you fast, too serious. Too fast, It's too fast, too furious. Please do not come here. Too fast, everything's really fast. Please, God, do not come to New York. <laughs> I think, though, it does all, t- it all ties in when Jen finally mentions that about herself. Yes. Right. Yeah. So Later, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a great scene. Yeah. Speaking um, of chapstick, it's time for us to take our very first break here. So we'll see you on the other side. Chapstick. Hey everybody, it's James here. Just thanking you for listening. We don't have any sponsors. We don't have any paid promotions or anything like that. So we're thanking you. But I'm going to actually ask one more thing of you while I'm at it. Could you go ahead and subscribe to this show? Do it right now while you're listening. It's not going to take you any time at all. And that way you'll get every episode in the future. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a review as well. Um, It'll really help us grow. The algorithm will love it. People will see it and maybe they'll think, hey, I, th- I think this sounds like something I'm going to like. And that's really what we need as a new show. So help us grow. Give us a rating, subscribe and keep on listening. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right. And so now we finally move into the peak of this episode. This is where I felt as though we no longer have to watch the show. It will never get better than what we're about to see. And we could honestly probably make this entire podcast two episodes because what more could we ever talk about? Dawson gets kissing advice and lessons from Mr. Man Meat Dad uh, using Joey's severed mannequin head <laughs> as practice. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's the weirdness between him kissing a mannequin head. There's the weirdness of dad giving sexy lessons. I mean, where do you even... I and mean, the camcorder. The first thing before is, that. Yes, the, the camcorder. I'm asking about the camcorder. Dawson comes sure. in and is yeah. like, hey, Dad, have you seen my camcorder? And and Dad is like, uh, yeah, maybe check my bedside table, but uh, take that tape out. Why? So why? They're so rich. Why don't they have their own camcorder? Specific for sex films? Yes. Sex <laughs> why films. are they using their son's? It's his camcorder, right? Because yeah. he says that my camcorder <laughs> to record. Yeah, their but sex. is this like you know, <laughs> like your your niece or nephew who's like, well, you're playing my my game my Game Boy. It's not your technically game. not your yeah game exactly Boy, yeah. right. Well, yeah, but but agreed. I just thought that was interesting. That <laughs> agreed, they are like the wealthiest family <laughs> yeah. outside of the immortal vampires. Yet they can only own one one. Uh, what is it called? Camera? Yeah, camcorder. 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 One camcorder. I think we're ever going to see Nellie's house and it's like an old Victorian. <laughs> and also Pacey's house. house. We've never seen that one yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> I bet, yeah. I bet I, I there know. will be a big party at Nellie's house. At some oh, yeah. I bet. Oh, I bet. Call. Yes. Um, okay. But what made me laugh the hardest, I think, out of anything in this episode was... In this scene. Or in this episode. In this oh, episode. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Was him dad, his dad saying that comment about... Inferring that he and his mom were um, making sexy time porn videos, and Dawson did not even flinch. Nope. He, they just went right past it, and he was just like, "Okay, um, I think you could get arrested for that in some yeah. states." I was just like, "What?" Okay, yeah, is that are true? there states where you can get arrested for making <laughs> sex tapes? That was like my question. Own? My question too. Yeah, for making your own. And Dawson's reaction—it's—it's it's so funny because. He has such a childlike reaction to his parents showing any affection with each other. He's like, oh, God, guys, get a room like that. Yeah. It, it sounds like a 10 year old. But then here when his parents are like, yeah, we film ourselves having sex every day. Dawson's like, OK, cool. So uh, do you know where it is? <laughs> yeah. So can you teach me about the mechanics of kissing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I I get that I am not uh, Dawson nor do I live in the man meat household, but I would never go to my parents for kissing advice. Oh, I was going to ask that. Did, it, did any of you guys ask your dads for hell kissing no. technique? Like, hell no. Just no. Uh, <laughs> mm, let me think about it. God, I, you know, I got so much advice about like, let's see, like car, like how to drive a car. Yeah. Like my dad helped me out with that. Um, my dad, oh, my dad taught me like about baseball. That was really cool. And, um, oh God. Yeah. Okay. So my first girlfriend, we, um, no, my dad did not give me kissing advice. It is no. the most disturbing, weirdest thing I've ever seen. Also, I want to talk about my favorite, uh, TV dad trope is when they're going into a serious conversation. This is all TV dads. They take off an article of clothing yes. before getting oh, serious. What? I don't know what it is. What did it's he like, take off? He took off his glasses. Sorry. We brushed over one thing. He's working on his under, his underwater yes. themed restaurant here. I'm so mm, glad I this carried notice. over. Yeah. He, yeah. You it's didn't it's kind of in the background. He's. I think I was so I was laughing so hard about the camcorder. Also, thing. the 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 head, the model head, is sitting next to. So were they like Why? crafting together? He, well, no, he's <laughs> yeah. he comes in carrying it, and he's like, "Hey, oh, he, oh, oh, he, oh, he was on the go. table. He must he's have carrying, set it down. Yeah, okay, he's carrying he it, it when he walks into the scene and says, we 'We're about to go shoot Joey's death scene' or right. something like that. This is one of the weirdest conversations between two characters I've ever seen in any show mm-hmm. ever. And during this, you see, there's like a three-story model mm-hmm. of the aquatic <laughs> restaurant. It's enormous, and then on the table is a folded-out blueprint. Yeah, it's yeah, humongous. <laughs> like he is not joking. This I thought this was like a weird, fun. Hey, it's Sunday. I'm gonna you know, figure out some fun plans with an aquatic <laughs> restaurant. No, he's like, I guess he's getting paid to make this restaurant. Yeah, maybe. I'm doubling down on my bet. Yeah. $200 that this series ends with them at the Gotta aquatic be. themed restaurant. So this is where we find out about Dawson's parents, the man meets first kiss. And uh, I'm going to be trying out this chapstick move oh, at some point okay. in my life because... Next time we're on a boat. Yeah. The <laughs> way... Like that, that little... Nugget. They were on a boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so water. Yep. <gasps> hey, good point. Dream life. <laughs> Everything revolves around water. So, yep. Mr. Manmeat describes the, their very first kiss, and he basically says, We were on this fancy boat, and my your mom's lips were just so chapped, and she needed some chapstick. So, I took out the chapstick. And this is where he starts speaking like really oh sexy, God. and it's really creepy to me. But he's like, He takes out this chapstick, and he puts it on, and then he kisses her. And it was 
really smooth and just slid under her lips and the sensation was amazing. And it was disgusting. I was just going to say, like, I I couldn't believe just like how, I mean, obviously we've seen a, a lot of different um, sex, sexual themes throughout this show, but this just felt so explicit and... I've never watched Sex in the City, but I was like, is Sex in the City like that? I mean, this just no, seems absolutely not. so weird. Like, and, yeah. And what's weird is they're talking about kissing and it feels like they're talking about like a graphic depiction of like a orgy. You know, the, the level. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we forgot to include one thing, which is that as this conversation is kicking off, um, Joey climbs up her personal mm-hmm. ladder yes. into Dawson's bedroom and then just eavesdrops at the top of the stairs like a little little spy catching this conversation. Just in time for that, you got to mm-hmm. make your lip dance, <laughs> which is the strangest way I've like. Well, that's it's the, the strangest, dance episode, so. I guess that's just a that is a, a very strange piece of advice that yeah. I've heard for kissing. I've never I've never really received a lot of advice for kissing, but I've never heard like <laughs> make your lip dance. The advice doesn't make sense because no. he says you have to make it loose because then it's just going to have its mi- a mind of its mind own. Mind of its own, which is what I want. I want to feel that lip just going all over the place. <laughs> I do appreciate that Mr. Man Meat gave him the all important note to close his eyes first. Yes. Oh yeah, that's smart. I wish that, that was- he didn't, though, because I would have loved to see Dawson with his <laughs> oh, eyes wide no. open kissing his mannequin, which is the next thing that we get. His dad forces him to kiss this mannequin. While smiling. While smiling, and his dad is just watching oh, like, yes. Yeah. And then Joey is imagining it herself, yeah. and she's, like, seriously getting turned oh, yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, not to get, like, too into how this was shot, but I love that she's in this banister and the camera zooms in while she kneels down and she's looking through the bars of the banister and it makes it look like she's in a prison. And we know that she, <laughs> her character has been locked and put totally. away in this little, yeah. you know, I don't want to call it the friend zone because that's incel talk, but for her, I guess it is um, because Dawson really wants to be with Jen instead. But I love that we do get the zoom in on her and she just wishes it was her. She just wished she, mm-hmm. she was that severed head. She really does. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She wants to be that mannequin so bad. She's like telepathically receiving that kiss. Her eyes are closed. Her lips are parted. She is just like so happy. And that happiness is all broken in just a moment when Joey overhears Mrs. O- Mrs. Leary, Mrs. O'Man meet, um, <laughs> arranging her tryst with Bob for later that evening, um, which... I'm glad that we get this because I think a big question that we had that we talked about at the end of the last episode is what is Joey going to do with this information? Mm-hmm. And we get the 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 beginnings of that. We in this whole episode we get the beginning of her 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 action plan here, but she basically confronts Mrs. Leary and says like I know. Yeah, ice cold. I really thought yeah. this was going to be something they were going to carry out throughout the rest of the season. I was shocked that this was already yeah. happening in episode two. I remember in, epi- when, in our first episode, we were talking about who she was going to tell first. She's, yeah. She tells Mrs. Mrs. Dawson Mrs. herself. Yeah. Mrs. Dawson. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Leary. I keep saying Mrs. Dawson. Dawson, Dawson. yeah. In my notes. But yeah, Leary, Mrs. Leary herself. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very, quote unquote, ballsy of Joey. Um, I was pretty surprised. She, yeah, in this episode, she, like, finds out a lot of things kind of in secret. You know, she's kind of watching from a distance in a lot of situations like this. Like, We also, I don't know if um, this happens right after or right before Joey, like, overhears that conversation. But um, Mr. Manmeet telling Dawson that 
the the kiss was good with the mannequin. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> what? Like okay. Good job, son. <laughs> you did it. I could spend the rest of this episode just talking about the scene because it's so fucking mm-hmm. weird. Like when the advice is so bad because Dawson is hearing don't move your mouth, the mouth will move for you. So we're eventually going to see a scene where Dawson just puts his mouth against someone's mouth and he just doesn't move his face. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what is he, he's just going to expect that his lip does have a mind of its own. He's going to get on it. Exactly. You got a motorboat, the other person's mouth. Well, that's what he should be doing. But instead he's just going to be like, ah, like <laughs> I'm curious for people who watch this when it was on. Did, right did you take this advice and run? Yeah. Like did, was this helpful? <laughs> Who learned a kiss from Dawson's yeah, exactly. Creek? And please let us know how that kiss went when you finally did it. And also, did anybody anybody out there practice kissing on a mannequin head? If so, please let us know because <laughs> we're going to report you to the FBI because I think you have a problem. <laughs> I would also like to see if we can find um, any reviews of the show when, they, when it came out. Yeah. I would really love to see... Yes. Um, I would love to know the the critical reception. I've seen the critical response. I've been trying really hard not to look up too much Mm -hmm. of the show because I don't want anything to be spoiled. But I have seen that critical reception was very positive when it came out. Really? Yeah. Hmm. There were a few detractors, but they're from more like the the Christians, you know, Mm -hmm. being like, this is is too sexual for kids. But a lot of people thought that was a positive thing, probably because of, I don't know, TV being pretty conservative back then. So this probably felt very fresh. I mean, it still feels a little too fresh, but... (laughs) I don't know. Came in hot. Yeah, this yep. uh, this whole scene um, made me very ecstatic about this show. It yeah. was a turning point for yes. me. I was like, I just got like really excited and was like, okay, let's see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I was it, just like yelling at like, what? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so weird that it, uh, I know we've talked about this show being kind of Lynchian, but this is where it was like, this is not from planet Earth. No. Mm-hmm. This would never happen. And this is supposed to be like a sweet moment that brings a father and son together. But in what fucking universe? Do you know how complicated it is to make a TV show? Like hundreds and hundreds of people are involved and not one person was like, nah, dude, like yeah. this does not work right. on I, any level. I don't understand. Yeah, I wish we could find out if they really were intentional with this, if they did want it to be sweet or if they were like, yeah. let's just throw a curveball in there. Like, let's throw something really weird in here. And they were self-aware like, about it. Yeah, well, like, was it supposed to be a way to show young boys how to have a conversation with their dad or like, I don't know, is it supposed to be relatable? Like. Yeah, I usually, I mean, I associate these types of shows with being like an after school special where we're going to kind of like put a moral or a message in there for kids to learn a little bit about life. This did not feel like Mm -hmm. that is maybe, I mean, this could be a satire of those shows and I'm just not that aware of that yet. I guess we'll see if we keep getting more scenes like this. (laughs) Um, But from there, I mean, uh, should we move on to the next scene? That's where we finally get uh, what we've all been waiting for the death sequence of Joey's character in the film being shot. Uh, we see this mannequin head in action. Right. Sorry. Right away that like we see Dawson like fiddling with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what my first impression was that lo- looked like Dawson. I guess this is just about fashion. Dawson looked like he was wearing a lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. It was um, kind of like a duster, right? 
I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was I don't. Re- I actually strange. don't remember what he was wearing in that scene. It was so. like a like big a, white oversized shirt, but yeah. it, it had pockets. Baggy, and I was like, yeah. oh, he looks like he he works in a lab. <laughs> so this is also happening along the creek, and this is the first time the creek is featured in the episode as an oh. actual location. Um, I'm trying to track the creek and what it is doing and what will obviously like we've already talked about what it means. But yeah, so in this in in this death scene, we get one of the best murders uh, shot on film probably ever. Right. (laughs) Cody, would you agree? It was pretty cinematic. And I mean, like, yeah, it's trash and stuff. But at the same time, as someone that made a lot of movies with his friends when he was a boy, uh, I would have killed to have a prop oh like this. Oh my god! Yeah, the, the gore, like yeah. I mean, it was like Kill Bill. The blood was mm-hmm. squirting out of yeah. the neck. I mean, it was amazing. It looked really good. I mean, despite the fact that it's like you know a paper mache head, right? <laughs> and that it's clearly a you know clearly a, a mannequin. All that stuff yeah. aside, I was I I too made movies with my friends. Check out Doom Pillow and Doom Pillow Two if you can find them. <laughs> um, but I would have been overjoyed if we managed to get a kill scene like that with squirting blood i mean yeah. oh my god i was actually kind of like blown away i thought it was very impressive that it, that it happened i really loved joey's acting performance was incredible the she, punch she punches that yeah. goofy looking monster square in the noggin and then she runs away trips over nothing and goes oh. <laughs> and i loved it it was great i i love the use of uh anytime that you can have characters fall behind a big thing yes. and then use a dummy to pop back up mm-hmm. to be replaced for your <laughs> yeah. death is automatically an a plus in my book you know what i was wrong this movie is going to be amazing this yeah. is going to be in uh, better than helmets of glory i don't know sorry i don't know helmets of glory sounds good uh, also just more evidence that Pacey is an incel. Mm-hmm. He yeah. says, you die so well to yep. Joey and says, Hey Dawson, can we get another one of those? I so love that image. And that image is of Joey's head being ripped off and blood gushing out of her, uh, severed yeah. neck hole. So yeah, he is a psychopath. He's got issues. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird. Like, yeah, I know he, he's, uh, the B story of this episode, but he was the B story of the first episode. We haven't really seen Pacey and another character have their own story. That's outside of, you know, the, the teacher plot. Mm-mm. And I just want, I want him to be a normal character. Do you have a, any family members of his, oh, you know, yeah. to his home, you know, it's like, we know he's such a mystery. Menstrually yeah. diverse sisters. Okay. Right. Oh, that's right. Maybe we'll meet his sisters. Soon. Did you ever mention how many sisters he had? No, no, just plural. Just just multiple. multiple. So this is, uh, is this considered a, nec- a, a separate scene? The the next Oh part? yeah. When they yep. move into the, the what, what is that called? When you have like I an, it's like a, a mud, mud room. room. Yeah. 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 And I, I actually, I genuinely thought this was a nice moment for a second. Mm-hmm. I was scared that it was going to be like this, like hypersexualized, yeah. um, you know, thing between Jen and Joey. But when Jen is helping Joey get cleaned up, I mean, I thought they had a, it was a nice moment. Like I think they. Yeah, I thought this was like the most one of the most relatable moments that I've seen so far, in terms of just like you know, everyone has self like self doubt and that kind of like negative self talk, and yeah. Yeah, and it was nice to see like body positivity and they're right, yeah. they're women that aren't like using their bodies against each other, but they're talking about the things that bring them together and how insecurities are universal. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a really nice moment between them big part of uh when you get into kind of like film philosophy is the idea of like the male gaze and like how that controls women and the image of women and objectivity in cinema because if you look at like alfred hitchcock for instance like all the women are objects in his movies and he's very upfront about that it's like you know 
they're not necessarily characters. I'm using this more for, you know, my narrative that I'm creating in this construct. And usually the sexualization of that is very big. And here I think it's pretty interesting because Kevin Williamson as a gay man is writing the scene and we are taken away from the lesbian eroticism that I think a straight man would have written totally. into mm. that more. Yeah. And, but he didn't direct it. So I wonder if hmm. there's kind of like a push and pull between uh, a straight man that's directing it. If he is straight, I don't know. Versus Kevin Williamson being gay and writing this as more of like a tender moment between two friends that can mm. not sexualize, you know, this conversation for a male audience that is watching. I don't know. But after the sequence, we finally go back to filming of Dawson's horror movie and they finally shoot the kissing scene between Pacey's character and Jen's new character. And wow, this kiss yeah. between <laughs> Pacey and Jen. I mean, he kisses exactly like I imagined. I mean, in the, when we talked last time about how we thought Pacey might have sex and I described him as being like MacGruber, the, I mean, the, he kisses like MacGruber. He, it's disgusting. <laughs> He's trying to bite off her head. When I first watched this and it was happening, I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. I mean, because it, it is obviously Pacey being like, yeah, I'm going to move yeah. in on it. But it, the reactions of Joey laughing it off and then Jen also laughing it yeah. off and making Dawson make it like, like they're all made to make Dawson look like the one who's like freaking out about it. Yeah. You know, and, so then I was like, oh, okay. And, and it's Jen. So, you know, his, he likes Jen. Yeah, so exactly. Course, yeah. And Jen, I mean, definitely has more agency over the situation. I just wish we would have had a scene going in of Jen being like, yeah, Pacey, do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah. Because the first thing is just like, oh, this is very gross the way that mm -hmm. the scene is handled. But I mean, at least she treats it like a joke because she probably thinks he's a cretin too. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So. Yeah, immediately after the the kissing scene, basically we get the end of the shoot. Right, Joe Dawson proclaims that this kiss is out. We're taking it. We're cutting it. And Joey and Jen are laughing about it. Pacey excuses himself because he's got the you know to meet the woman of his dreams at the dance tonight. And then um, Dawson and Jen walk away, and Dawson invites <laughs> Jen to his Travolta movie night. Did anybody catch what movie they're yes. going to be watching? Yes, uh, movies, it's right? Saturday Night Fever, which was 1977, Grease 1978, and then Staying Alive, which is the sequel to Saturday mm -hmm. Night Fever, which is 1986. It's so like a and that was directed by Sylvester Stallone, yeah. which I think is, funny. Uh, but yeah. That's like, I'm all for movie marathons, obviously, but that's six hours. Come like, on. that's six plus <laughs> hours. And what time is the movie marathon going to start? Because it's already like five or six o'clock then. Yeah. I don't know. John Travolta Night of Interpretive Expression, right. which I just find it funny that, that John Travolta's movies were the choice for that, not like some older classics with like really great dance scenes. Like as a dancer myself, I'm like, I would not choose that yeah, you think to be my like dance, dance theme night, you know, yeah, like you think you'd be like a, an American in Paris exactly. or something. I was gonna say, yeah. American in Paris, you know, singing in the rain. Like, I don't know. That I know, was but silly. That, but Jen says, no, she can't go because she's actually going to the dance tonight with Cliff. And again, this is where I'm like, Cliff rules Dawson sucks because Dawson's reaction to her saying that she's going to go with Cliff and he's like, well, it's a date. And she's like, oh, not really. And he, and he what does he, he says, color me confused, but that's the definition of a date, isn't it? Like the way that he talks about it is so mean and weird yeah. and possessive. It's so gross. Whereas Cliff was like, yeah, if you want to go, cool. If not, whatever. Right. And like, 
so what if it is a date? She is allowed to do that, isn't it? And if this is your way of like expressing that you have you're interested in Jen, I'm sorry, but you're doing it wrong. Like it is not her fault that you didn't ask her until now. It is not your her fault that you didn't express interest in her, even if you felt like you were expressing it non-verbally or that you were making it clear. Clearly you weren't. I'm having trouble with Dawson being our protagonist because the way that they present Dawson is like, He's he, like everything he's doing is okay before right. this even happens. And it's like almost, it, they, they treat it almost like it's just kind of like a misconception rather than anything else. But the, I don't know. I just wish there was more of something to like teach him that this is bad. Like his behavior is bad because I mean, we'll get to it, but he kind of gets rewarded by his behavior at the end of the day for being persistent, which kind of sucks. Well, and as we're about to see in our next scene, which we might as well transition to, yeah. Joey kind of does try to teach him a little bit of a lesson here. Cody, go ahead and, and introduce our... Yeah, so we get back to the to, to his room, and he's complaining about it, uh, how Jen's going to be going to the dance with Cliff, and this is where he gets the bright idea to ambush them at the dance. I mean, like, again, like, I don't really understand the logic here of... Uh, I just, like... I'm just angry, I guess. Like, that's all that's, like, coming down. Like, my brain is just turning into mashed potatoes because all it just makes me so mad that the plot line... I mean, yeah, Joey's right in the scene where he says, you know, uh, what did Cliff do that I didn't do? And she says, well, he, he asked her out. Um, but the thing that just makes me mad is that, like, how this all plays out and how his bad behavior is rewarded, even though he... At, simultaneously, he gets to have his cake and eat it, too, because he learns his lesson as well. Right. Um but, you know, we'll get there. Uh, before we move on, though, he, when Joey is giving him flack for this whole situation, he, he says, I'm an artist. Torture is a prerequisite. Um, but he's probably the most privileged <laughs> white guy <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. who does he think he is to yeah. even? Also, I, I love the line, I'm, I'm the one that should be kissing her, Joey, not some J. Crew ad which is so funny because all of them j dress like a yeah. J. Crew ad, <laughs> not Cliff. <laughs> Hey, he's not some like alternative artist guy. Like yeah. they're, they're all like rich white people. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. Of course they all shop at J. Crew. I also um, <laughs> noted that like he, so Dawson's complaining to Joey about Jen and he says something like, she was just so open about it, about like the going with Cliff oh, yeah. to the dance. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, one, that's good communication. Yeah. And two, it's like she doesn't owe you anything. Like, no. Yeah, that just like, yeah, made me pretty angry. He has the audacity to call her thoughtless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, when he's getting ready, I feel like there was, I can't remember what it was, but it, it made it sound like Dawson was like inserting himself into a movie. Like, did he say yeah. something about how like he has to go get the girl or yeah, a kiss? I'm going, well, that might be a little later, but he talks about, I'm going to kiss the girl. Yeah. And so it's just like, like, there were multiple times throughout this episode where I noticed where it was like Dawson, you very clearly see Dawson just thinking mm -hmm. in movies and like putting himself in a movie and like, this is how it should be. And this is how I need to talk. And this is what yeah. I need to do. Well, right. 
even in this scene, as he is having this like moment where he's spinning out to Joey, he starts describing what is happening between Jen mm-hmm. and and Cliff as if it's a movie. It's yeah. basically yeah. St- stage direction that yeah. he is narrating. But it, it's a, it goes back to the argument that Joey and Dawson had at the Rialto in last episode. You're just harvesting things for your screenplay. Not everything is movies. But as we see, everything is movies for Dawson. Yeah. He compares mm-hmm. himself to Cliff and says that Cliff has nothing going on up here pointing to his head, that it's all head fumes, and his script is ludicrous, as if that is the thing that Jen cares about. Clearly, it's not the only thing Jen cares about. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And again, like... Not to be Team Cliff, but his script is not ludicrous. It's a <laughs> it's a story with the with a beginning, middle, and end. Like we know what that is. Whereas, I mean, his movie is garbage. Like we know. Oh man, Team mm-hmm. Cliff. I'm getting a <laughs> I'm getting a shirts, and by us, I mean me, because I'm the only one who's Team Cliff here. Um. Also, I going back just you know with this kind of theme of Dawson feeling like he can only think in movies. It. I noticed a few times where it seems like Joey is very aware of that and like calls him out on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she like eye rolls and is like, don't be so dramatic to Dawson. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like that she can kind of, she, she sees it very clearly and calls him out on it. I think a few times in this episode. Yeah. They're a good pair. She also says, I don't think his cinematic prowess is the attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm starting to think maybe the show is smarter than I'm letting on. And this really is about media literacy. And this is a, commentary on that because i mean we've all read those articles about how in the last like 20 years how romantic comedies have like made us view expect more in relationships and how that's bad because people don't have media literacy to realize like oh it's just a movie so i think maybe the show is Mm -hmm. like trying to put that on dawson as a character to like see this is what happens when people don't have media literacy and they take these things as facts and they expect these things to happen to people because of what they see in the movies but isn't it interesting that Dawson, who is arguably the most media literate person that we've of the of the principal characters, seemingly has no media literacy at the same time because he's not able to separate film from real life. Maybe he isn't media literate. He's like the yeah. he's like the know it all kid who knows it. He's book smart, but he's not actually internalizing what he's learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's really good at like knowing when things are like entertaining and good but he doesn't have any, there's no depth to it. I guess that's Mm -hmm. why he loves Steven Spielberg so much because you can enjoy that without (laughs) having to attach the depth to those kind of stories that Spielberg is wanting to tell. Speaking of Spielberg, these are these movies that he's referencing are the first non-Spielberg movies, right? That we hear of. The the, the John Travolta movies. Finally, we're going, (laughs) moving away from Spielberg. No, no, because in the are those Spielberg movies? <laughs> no, in the in the pilot, he had rented um, oh, Swamp rent Thing, them? and he had rented Creature from oh, the Black right. Lagoon. Okay, for and those were for his movie inspiration, but these yeah. are just for him to enjoy. And they're not oh, I Spielberg guess you're movies. right. Yeah, if he's gonna yeah. enjoy a movie, that's not yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, I guess you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. But so here we have Joey walking down the stairs, and she witnesses uh, Mrs. Man meet heading out after a passionate kiss with Mr. Man Meat, and Joey confronts her knowing she's about to go meet with Soft B. Bob. I the, couldn't believe oh. that um, 
because so uh, Mrs. Manmeat is like, hey, I want to talk to you about what happened this morning. And I was in shock. Like, I don't know, everything that's happened in the last, you know, whatever, 10, 15 minutes of this episode felt like a lot of content. And so I was like, wait, that was this morning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that. I thought it was funny. During the co- confrontation, I didn't really understand this and maybe y'all did, but Joey says that her dad had been cheating on her mom and then says, my mom got cancer and died. You do the math. Was she insinuating that the emotional stress of oh being cheated on no, gave I, her cancer? No, I think it was the, the idea that like life is short and like this happened and then my mom died. Like you never know what could happen. Like, oh, okay. Interesting. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what in the world? But it was does definitely a weird way to go about that. You I, do just the math. a different Yeah, yeah. I, I was I kind of had to like think about it for a second. I'm like, okay, what what does she exact mean exactly here? But yeah, I think that's what it was. That makes right. sense. Does yeah, I was sense? also yeah. very confused. I was like, what what is this adding up to? I don't understand. Yeah, okay. That makes so much more sense. The way that she rattled yeah. it off yeah. made me feel like, wait, why are these things connected? <laughs> And then Dawson comes down the stairs just as they're like getting to the real meat of this conversation just after basically Joey says that, right? That that you do the math. And then Mrs. Leary says, does Dawson know? And Dawson from up the stairs says, no what? All jauntily and cheery. <laughs> and yet again, this is just another moment of this show having great, like I would call, great writing. You know this is going to happen, but they subvert the expectation, right? That that we're expecting that this is going to be some tense, drama, dramatic moment. And instead what happens? Joey covers it up, says, oh, that that you know how to dance. And now we have Joey just as dirty as Mrs. Leary. And I love that, right? Now Joey is hiding this from Dawson. Mm-hmm. When Dawson finally finds out about this, is he going to think back on this moment and be like, wait, you could have told me way back then, yeah. but you didn't tell me what the fuck. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, although I we know that they're a unit of friendship with the four of them, even though they're not really presenting it so much that way, but I'm excited for this to be a plot point that will split the group up because eventually that has to happen eventually because we need to see them come back together. But to have this happen now, I mean, I'm just so surprised this is happening now. Like this is really quick that we're jumping into this storyline. So to watch it evolve over the next few episodes or however long is going to be really interesting. They knew they had to make their mark quick, I feel like. Um, But I know that everybody has some thoughts on the outfits for the dance that we're about to go to. The first one we see is Dawson's wonderful outfit. What do you guys think? His vest? Yeah. Stella? I mean, it, you know, it, it felt really funny to see but it also was just like, wow, this was the norm. Like, I was think, it I don't know. It, the vest? I don't know. It, it To me, it felt really 90s. I was like, yeah, yeah this seems yeah. like a maybe something common you would see at a, at a dance or like going like a nice dinner for like a, a teenage boy. But I, I don't know. Like, did, did John Travolta wear an open vest in the disco in like Saturday Night Fever? I, Possibly? Is I've that like his inspiration? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that could be a, maybe that, that was part of it. Possible. Was he wearing a puka shell necklace? Because I feel oh, like no, he wears this pearl. It's like a black pearl oh. necklace. I Pirates noticed of the it throughout this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he wore it to the dance too, but 
Yeah. Yeah, I wish he would show up at the dancer's dress straight up like a pirate. <laughs> it was kind it of was, piratey Yes, because he's got the baggy, so yes, baggy. button-up oh shirt. Everything's baggy. Well, I wrote that he looked like a pilgrim version of Han Solo. <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I wasn't sure... Okay, so look, we, we get it. Dawson's fashion sense sucks nuts. Like, he's dressed... I, I mean, sure, it's it's fine, but Joey, what is she wearing? She's oh, wearing she's like a no, like a peasant this. shirt no, and I, white jeans. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I love it. She just went to the dance with what she was wearing. Yeah, she didn't care. But did, it was just like she didn't seem to care. She wasn't yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go home and get ready too. I'll meet you there. You know, that's yeah, cool. That's I don't know. power move. I think her vibe is yeah, yeah. She just doesn't care about what people think of her. Yeah, I, I like that. Was cool. We can all aspire to be like Joey. Yes, yes. we can. <laughs> but I guess we. Should move on to the dance now, huh? Yeah, I mean this the, is the yeah. real meat and potatoes of this episode. This is what we've been building to all like thirty-four <laughs> minutes up into this point in, in the episode's runtime. Yeah, we're getting to the climax of the third act. So uh, we didn't mention it in the last episode, but at the time, you know, Savage Gardens, uh, truly, madly, deeply, was number one at the Billboard 100, and this scene opens up with another Savage Garden track. So either this show was being run by Big Savage Garden <laughs> or everyone in the United States had Savage Garden fever. Well, when this when it cut to this, the dance and this song was on, I um, just immediately felt overjoyed. I forgot how much <laughs> me I too, yeah. loved this song. Like, it was such a big one for me, and I immediately, like, paused the show and was like, okay, I'm adding this to my Spotify, and I am also going to like the Dawson's Creek uh, soundtrack and <laughs> see where that takes me. Yes. I got to yes. say, the music on this episode was way better than the music from the first episode, with one exception, we do miss Chumbawamba's tub thumping. Mm-hmm. I wish that we got that one in this episode like we did in last episode, but I thought... This made up for it, though. Yeah, the, specifically this song, it really was a blast from the past. I blacked this out from my memory entirely. Um, I, I really do feel like this episode and this show specifically is like opening the floodgates on how good and bad 90s music was because it's so distinct. There was kind of like a disco resurgence in the late 90s that I really liked. Like, I I feel like, well, not like disco. Maybe that's why he was watching the Saturday Night Fever in disco. I think like, because like uh, like Chicago house music was starting to get a little more mainstream. And I feel like we had this, because there's definitely like a disco flavor to Hmm. this song. And then there's also... I'm um, trying to think of Ray of Light by Madonna was around this time, and that mm. kind of has like a disco beat to it. So and later this year, one of the biggest songs of the '90s in in its entirety comes out, which is "Do You Believe" by Cher. Yeah, that comes out later this year. And speaking of disco resurgence, that song is straight out of a disco from 1970, except you slap some yep. auto tune on there, right? So mm-hmm. like, we are seeing the the seeds of of that disco resurgence right now. And I love that song. We can talk about the underwater okay. aesthetics. So, yeah. <laughs> so I love I love that the theme of this dance is under the sea because, again, water. Also, when he says, I'm going to kiss the girl, that's a Little Mermaid reference. <laughs> under the sea theme oh, of the dance. Oh, <laughs> my God. I love that. It just made me think of the aquatic restaurant. Yes, and the aquatic <laughs> restaurant, and, but also uh, water. <laughs> and just this show being so obsessed with movies, it made me think of the Back to the Future Enchantment Under the Sea dance. That's what oh, came yeah. to my mind. Um, yeah, this is the scene where Jen and Cliff 
are flirting basically on the dance floor as we see the establishing shot of some incredible 90s dancing, including a man who has no bones in his skeleton. He's just <laughs> violently flailing from side to side. Um, but Jen tells Cliff that he's smooth but unassuming and asks if there's anything he's not good at, which she's landed on pretty thick, I feel like. Yeah, so, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Way to be assertive. I like it. Uh, she's definitely not talking to Dawson like this, but he says that the one thing he's not good at is dancing, and he calls himself rhythmically challenged. And uh, same, my guy. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say. I wrote in my notes. I've never felt more seen in my life. Like yeah. that was that is me. So I don't See, know. You're if, starting like, to get it. I I don't know if Scott Foley is does himself feel like he's rhythmically challenged, but he did a really good job at like doing the classic 90s like nineties dance. Yeah. No, just the the funny silly moves where you're. Where, I don't know. I just loved it. Yeah, classic bad guess, quote you know, moves. Right <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I don't think Michelle Williams has good chemistry with any of the men. She doesn't have good chemistry with Cliff. I mean, she's really like sweet with Cliff and like flirty and stuff, but it, I don't, there's like no chemistry there. And also with Dawson later, like I felt no chemistry, but Agreed. I wonder why that is. Is it intentional? Yeah, my impression is that she's like kind of holding back. I mean, I feel like that um, going back to that moment between um, her and Joey when she's helping Joey get cleaned up, like that felt like the most kind of genuine or like most personality we saw yes. from Jen. And yeah, that was one of very few um, interactions we've seen where it's like the two of them interacting. So mm -hmm. Maybe she feels unsafe with men or yeah. Yeah. around men. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I would have, yeah, I mean, she must be closing herself off because there would have had to have been screen tests before the show was even shot to see if these characters have chemistry together. And right now it seems like yeah. none of them do. <laughs> she seems so wooden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this uh, quickly transitions to Pacey creepily cornering Miss Jacobs into a conversation that she does not want to have a part in. And yeah. again, I mean, like this is just mirroring the episode or the episode, the scene beforehand in this where, I mean, like they're in front of people doing this. I just don't huh. understand like what is wrong with Pacey. And like, yeah, he's like so fearless. It's like, yeah. do you not care about like the repercussions for you potentially? I mean. Of course not. He's a white man yeah <laughs> yeah he's just pressuring her so much it's interesting that we get pacey objectifying his 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 object of desire yeah. i mean put put quite literally um and refusing to accept no right like she's like nope sorry this is not the time for this conversation we've already spoke about this i'm leaving and he's like would you like to dance like dude what is wrong with you well, i mean yeah maybe this is smart and it is about people that are not media literate because mm -hmm. it, this is clearly two characters Dawson and Pacey that objectify women and they're treating them as trophies. Yeah. Like that's what this is about. I'm entitled to your affection because I like you. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder, like, I mean, at some point we, we must grow to like Pacey. I would assume like we can't hate him this whole show. So it's like, mm -hmm. I kind of, I'm curious to see like how they make him redeemable or like, yeah. So curious. Well, you know, again, 
Kevin Williamson is doing everything intentionally. So are we getting all of this front-loaded hatred of Pacey? We're seeing all of his yeah. problematic behavior so that we get a come-to-Jesus moment. I, that is still my theory with Pacey, that something is going to happen and he's going to do something to make us all see, oh, this is just a wall. This is just an act that he put up because he's actually insecure. Me, moo, me, moo. Oh, <laughs> oh, woe is Pacey. Um, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I just want to learn more about like his family. Like what does his life look like? We know nothing. What made him like this? Yeah. Hopefully we find out. But yeah, so we get in and uh, Joey and Dawson arrive at the dance. And I loved this because (laughs) when uh, Joey is talking about Jen and Cliff and how Dawson like needs to move in on them, she Mm -hmm. says, you better write something quick because in some moral sectors, what (laughs) they're doing is known as foreplay. And this is uh, data from Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, listeners out there or anyone that is interested, if you ever want to buy me a cameo of Brent Spiner who played data <laughs> from Star Trek and you can get him to say lines from Dawson's Creek, <laughs> I will love you forever. Oh my God, that's such a good idea. Yeah. But here we get to go into the dance choreography for them to get closer. (laughs) Yeah, Dawson asks if Joey dances. She she says she doesn't. This is all during like a fun song that they start this conversation. And then um, he's like, well, kind of just makes her anyway. You know, they start Mm -hmm. dancing and then the song turns into a slow song. Yeah. Um, And as a dancer, I can say Dawson is actually a very good lead. (laughs) So. Oh, the choreography here was amazing. It was great. (laughs) Um. And they, this is when they have their moment where they lock eyes and I think he, you kind of see both of them. Be yeah. like, well, you know, I thought it was so funny because Dawson is clearly leading and yeah. Joey is just getting <laughs> flung around <laughs> and he tells her, you're pretty good at this. But I thought it should have been the other way. Joey should have been like, yeah, Dawson, yeah. when did you learn well, how there to is, do this? No, being a good follow is a thing. Is it? So okay. I can say that like that is accurate. Okay, yeah. cool. I don't know anything <laughs> about dancing. Yeah. Yeah. They briefly discuss the film class, right? That they're in the same class and then and then jen tells say says that dawson is a very talented filmmaker yeah to says that to cliff i don't know i i find jen to be a really complicated character and i really i don't know do you really think her intention was to kind of like make dawson no what make like kind of like i don't know force him to like break out of a shell and actually like take action and No, I I think think she's trying to smooth things over. I think she's basically being like courteous, you know, like, oh, do you know Dawson? Oh, yeah, you guys, we're in film together. He's a great filmmaker. You guys should hang out, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's that's how I read it, but I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. I I think she was trying to smooth, like, just make sure that nothing dramatic happened in that moment. And like, here's like you. I'm making it too complicated in my head. But like everyone's playing 3D chess. To your point though, like Jen does know that Dawson is upset that Jen is on this date Mm -hmm. in air quotes with Cliff at the school dance. So, and what what we know about the scene later is that she is interested in Dawson. So maybe she is trying to get him to like actually do something actually express yourself i i don't know i would think if she was this is a pretty weak attempt at it Mm -hmm. like oh yeah he's a good filmmaker totally (laughs) yeah the way she said it was it was just not it didn't sound like flirty or anything like that it it just seemed like she was telling cliff about dawson right that's how it came off and not to jump ahead like when he does take action it's disgusting and disturbing so i wonder like if that were the purpose that she was trying to get out of him to like take some kind of action I mean, that ain't it. So I wonder what would have been right. like the alternative. 
Um, I can't remember at what point um, Dawson, I think, had said this to Joey, like acknowledged like or maybe Joey said it to Dawson, like you've only known her for two seconds. Um, And so and he's like aware of that. He's like, yeah, I've only like Mm -hmm. known her for a little bit. But yeah, that's the next scene. I mean, we should just get into that now because I think that's like the best. That's the best part of this whole episode. So Mm -hmm. Dawson and Joey are just sitting and watching Jen enjoy herself with Cliff. And his friends, and which I also thought was like a nice touch. You're seeing his friend yeah. group, and he's doing the same thing that Dawson yeah. did, where it's like, oh, come into our friend group. Like, yeah, I thought it was funny that Cliff, every all the football players were wearing their um, Letterman jacket, but Cliff is not. Oh, yeah, the quarterback amongst his Star friend, his football friends is not wearing his Letterman's jacket. Good, good eye. <laughs> I wonder if Cliff becomes a part of the friend group later on. I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Scott Foley was in. Felicity more like in a lot of that. So I don't know if he was in both. Um, oh, having to it, juggle how long the... he's in Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Okay. I wonder. Yeah. This is where Dawson says that he likes Jen because she's like Joey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have this in yeah. quote. I can read it. Please. Yes. Want. Okay. Read it. I paraphrased a little bit, but um, I feel that connection, that bond that says we are meant to be together. Something primal exists between us. That girl is a mystery to me, but I feel like I've known her my whole life. It's like the way I feel about you. I mean, she challenges me the way you do. She could be you, except she's Jen. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I am like, Dawson is indefensible because he says the worst shit at the (laughs) worst times. Well, I think, I mean, this is yeah. the light bulb moment of the entire episode where she, I mean, Joey compares him to the creature of yep. his mm-hmm. movie. And so that's where we're seeing, you know, the yeah. dichotomy between um, innocent versus not so innocent, you know, these like evil desires that he has. But uh, I want to point out the fact that he describes Jen as being challenging just like Joey. But Joey is actually challenging because she's the one that has like a lot of insight. She's known him forever and can say like, you're doing the wrong thing. These are bad things. Whereas Jen, like he hardly knows her for one, but also Jen, I mean, I think Jen was being nice when she said he's a really talented filmmaker, giving him that compliment, but she doesn't really, I mean, she's just kind of like doing it for fun and he's clearly not a great filmmaker. So uh, Jen, I mean, like I don't have anything against Jen. I think Jen is an interesting character so far, but she's not going to be the type of person that's going to give him the same kind of insight as Joey. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why he would ever say that Jen is challenging. She's not challenging at all. I mean, she hard to get maybe that's the challenge. She's the ultimate incel, uh, girlfriend like he 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 wants an anime girlfriend that is uh not challenging and just says yes to everything that he says and for someone just to go you're a talented filmmaker without like having any challenging your insights is going to be the music to his ears that's what he wants to hear dawson has to learn from this and the the i think it's really important for i mean this is where it becomes kind of like an, a, a good after school special and a good lesson to learn is that and Dawson will look back on this when if Dawson was a real person looking back in his life, he'll be embarrassed about this moment when he realizes that a partner isn't someone that just goes along with everything you say. A, a partner is someone that challenges you. And I think when he has that aha moment with Joey and he'll be like, oh, wow, you were the person for me all along because you're the only person that I know that called me out on all of my shit and didn't let it fly. And I think that's why they will work as a couple later on if that is to happen. Or he gets an anime body pillow and marries it. Right. But in the meantime, what we get is Joey reminding Dawson that 
the monster in his movie doesn't get the girl in the end. All right, fucker. Like you aren't going to get Jen. If you continue on like this, you're going to meet a bloody violent death. And isn't that (laughs) a good metaphor for what we're about to see in our very next scene? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to read that exchange verbatim because I loved the dialogue in the sequence and Oh God, it was, it was the (laughs) best exchange. It was my favorite except for all the dad kissing stuff. But Joey says the creature doesn't get the girl. He dies a violent, bloody, horrible death. Rest in peace, Dawson. It was nice knowing you. And when Dawson says, where are you going? She responds, I'm already dead, remember? Yeah. I loved her oh, delivery. Her too. delivery was so good, good. there. That was just <laughs> yeah. like uh, probably my favorite sequence in the entire yeah. episode. It yeah. was, and it really like made me think about the episode. It made me want to rewatch the whole thing and reanalyze what I missed with mm-hmm. the shooting of the film, the way he delivers that whole idea that he has. uh, Joey's reaction to it, Jen's reaction to it, everything. It made me immediately want to go back and see it all now, now that we see how Joey really feels about this. Oh, you killed me. I'm dead to you. Okay. Our, you know, our relationship, I'm, I'm already able to process what this is all about even before you are. I think Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. But yeah. so now we get the most embarrassing scene in the entire episode. (laughs) Okay. But, but Dawson, Dawson, um, you know, gets up and is like, it's time for a rewrite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Badass. (laughs) That's what I say uh, before I transition to anything in real life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wanted to die during every second of this exchange with Clef. And this is where we get the, uh, as we've been talking about, the object of desire dialogue where, I mean, it's just a trophy to Dawson. Like he doesn't really care about Jen as a human being. When he comes up and he's like, excuse me, I'd like to cut in. He he looks so confident and proud. Like it was like he was doing the right noble thing. Like it, yeah. Yeah. it really like plays into his idea of like this being a movie mm-hmm. of like, I got to go get the girl. Like and like his twisted concept of reality. It wasn't there a name for it. It's like main character syndrome. Like I think like people are like starting to call people out on that in real life where people think that like they're the hero of their own story when mm-hmm. in reality you should always you should treat life as though you're the sidekick and always boost other people up in your life. Um yeah, but Dawson clearly he, thinks he's the knight in shining armor here. Right. And he asks um Cliff to manly step aside yeah. so that he can have a moment with the object. What Quote, I love the object of my desire. What I love with this whole exchange is he never once talks to Jen. He never once asks no. her, hey, exactly. Jen, can I have the next dance? Instead, he talks, he treats her, just like we're saying, like an object. She's furniture in the room for her here for him here. And all of this happens as this argument continues to go on. We slowly see more and more people that are dancing around them just turn to watch. <laughs> and by the end of the argument, it feels like every single person in the school is just there, like glaring at the two of them, like, whoa, what is happening here? Yeah, I mean, I brought up Back to the Future earlier, and Cliff is not a Biff Tannen character. I mean, I know I'm Team Cliff, but th- he has yet to do anything that's like evil. There's there's mm-hmm. nothing sinister about him, like the Biff Tannen of Back to the Future. So when Dawson's doing this, like he's setting himself up to look like the biggest idiot in their in their twenty person school that features every person in the town. Yeah, I found I I think it's kind of interesting that like we are supposed to hate Cliff for no other reason than his identity. They're not doing much to make us hate him. Yeah. I, know. I mean, they in, yeah. even in that moment, he asked Jen, are you okay with this? Yeah. He, the only right? person who speaks yeah, to yeah. Jen in this entire yeah. exchange is, is Cliff. Cliff. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I mean, Cliff and Dawson start getting uh, argumentative, which is, I mean, like, I'm, again, like, it makes sense for Cliff to be like, yeah, what the yeah. fuck is, like, going on here? Um, but, yeah, Jen rightfully is just like, okay, bye. Like, yeah. this sucks, right. and I'm with her. Like, get out of there. Hashtag and, I'm with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this, uh, I, you know, as much as I did like this episode, I really hated this transition because, again, I feel like there's a lot of missing time. Hey, freaks. Stella here. Jumping in on the commercial break to remind you to find us online. We're on social media at Freaks and Creeks Pod, where we post all sorts of great content. Come join the conversation. We'd love to have you. We also have a website, freaksandcreeks.com. It has a super sleek web player, so you can listen from anywhere or share episodes directly with your friends or family. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. So Dawson, Joey, and Pacey... They're walking home after the dance, and Dawson is crushed. He's venting. He's pointing out that Joey was there for him, and Pacey was in another world chasing the mystery woman. And my first question is, have they not established that the mystery woman is Miss Jacobs? Yes. Amongst the f- them, no. I don't think they have. Okay. But have they? No, they haven't talked about it, but they were all at the movie theater yeah. oh. and saw him go over there. Well, I, but I don't think they saw him because they were distracted with the whole, with the hand like, the, touching. Yeah. And but they how would fighting. they completely miss it? <laughs> how would I they guess. completely miss that? I know, that's strange, yeah. Well, it might explain why Joey thinks Pacey is so repelling if she knows that he's, the mystery right. woman is, that he's, right. like, yeah. you know, trying to get with the teacher. Well, but like, we skipped over it, but in uh, when they, they're done shooting for the day, the mystery woman topic was brought up and mm-hmm. Joey was like, so who is this mystery woman? Right. Yeah. Just yeah. It's weird. Cause we like, they knew that he got in a fight. Right. And like, Oh yeah. Cause he had the black eye. Which and they gone. like yeah. talk about how Pacey like ruined the night. I thought in the last episode or no, no, no they I didn't. think it was about, it was Jen saying shit. like, I ruined the night oh, and okay. Dawson yeah. was like, no way. But I mean, I, in my mind, I would have thought, it was such an awkward transition in that last episode for them mm-hmm. to like be away from the movie theater because from my perspective, like it was a small theater. And if you saw like, that was a big stir. Like even if you were having True, like some yeah. weird, like hand touching kind of like, like yeah. that was dramatic for them. And I know, you know, that's going to occupy a lot of space in your mind. But at the same time, if I saw two people fist fighting, yeah. I would, that would immediately break any tension that I had. I thought they like Definitely. ran out, out of the theater though. Well, Maybe it was did. like after that though. That we don't really, they, they would have seen it. I don't know. You'll have to tune into yeah. our discussion of last week's episode to, <laughs> to know our thoughts on that. But in this episode, this show definitely is a fan of these awkward transitions where there's just an inex- unexplained amount of time that is has elapsed between these different things, d- these different actions, these different events. And we are for no explainable reason now altogether. Yeah. Like, yeah. They all just decided to leave at the same time. Even though Joey left earlier than Dawson did, Dawson stays around to ask about for this dance and we don't know what happens there and we have no idea when Pacey leaves. Now they're just all together on the street. Yeah, especially because like Joey, when she left, she was mad. Yes. Super mad. So I I just wish we had another transitional scene to see why did they all get together and and again, why is it now that they're having this this conversation? Because it's a, this, this is the topic of the entire night. So why now? Or, I don't know. Yeah. It's really weird. Why does why does Dawson blame Joey for letting him do that? 
I mean, yeah, I she's mean, why is it a Philly's human fault? shield for him. Yeah. It's really obnoxious. Especially when she tries to talk him out of it, basically at every step of the way. Actually, Dawson, she did try to stop you multiple mm-hmm. times. You just didn't listen. This show should have been called Joey's Creek. <laughs> I'm I'm really sick and tired of Dawson being so not self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> and Joey is the like she gets the brunt of all of this. Also another thing I noticed at the beginning of the scene was um I think Dawson refers to Pacey to Pacey as his non-existent friend. Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah. I just thought that not was wrong. funny cuz also earlier we were talking about like, you know, why isn't Dawson talking to Pacey right. about yeah. how to kiss or whatever? And Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it it does feel really weird his just lack of presence in the show and right. like yeah i don't know like establishing the dynamics between these friends and him like just not being around feels they really need to have an yeah. episode where the four of them or it's just them like maybe go to the beach for a day and it's mm-hmm. stuck in traffic yeah Kick sand <laughs> Have a Seinfeld episode where they can't find their car in a parking garage. Like, I just want to see them interact with only themselves, and that's the the crux of everything. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't get that. And instead instead of offering us a little bit of more time with Pacey for maybe to him to explain himself or have a moment of development, he's like, all right, kids, got to go manana, and then just peels off. Okay, cool. See ya. Which is, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but like that's how I leave every conversation. Manana. <laughs> Manana. Manana. Um, but finally, you know, what we've all been waiting for is uh, Big Chapstick decided to <laughs> invest millions into having the greatest product placement sequence <laughs> I've ever seen in a show. Uh, oh. Mr. Man Meat. If you could see it now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tube of chapstick that is not chapstick brand. They didn't pay us. Yeah. Uh, you know, just side note, I just want to say, like, up until recently, I didn't know chapstick was a brand. I thought, you know, kind yeah. of like Kleenex, you say right. Kleenex and a tissue. Mm-hmm. The correct term would be lip balm. Lip and balm. the brand is chapstick. And they are everywhere. Okay, so <laughs> <sighs> Mrs. Manmeat comes home after being with Soft Bee Bob. And uh, Mr. Manmeat is still working on his aquatic-themed restaurant. And they get into how she doesn't remember their first kiss, but he remembers it vividly and he's pretty offended. And it's all revealed to be a ruse for her to kiss him with the chapstick on for the big reveal that she still loves him, but she doesn't. Mm -hmm. She's with Mr. Bob. So that's my question, I guess. Do we believe that she was that this is a ruse or did she get it wrong not intentionally and then she's like oh right right yeah it's so hard to tell the way this was acted i just cannot tell i was like does she know is she like pretending she doesn't know and going through their few first dates or you know first few dates or I don't know. I just, yeah. What do you think? Stella? Yeah, that was kind of the vibe that I got that she was just like pretending like she didn't remember because okay. like obviously she would remember. Yeah. Was the vibe. First, I want to go through the dates that she yes, talks about. Yes, please do. Because, oh, yeah. okay, so the first, her first guess, which we think, we don't know if it's a guess or not, is uh, that they went to a movie called Ordinary People where Mary Tyler Moore is in this apparently. Oh, yeah. I looked it up and she plays a quote, horrendous mother, which I feel like is what, how she views herself right now. Because of mm. Joey's um, lecture to her, possibly. Sure. Um, 
That's a really heavy movie. And yeah. It, it yeah. Just also, makes me laugh it's such a heavy movie for a first or second or third yes. date. Second like, date, yeah. as we find out. Well, I yeah, think. exactly. But like, if you read the description of that movie, like, what? Oh, I, yeah, that movie's really dark. <laughs> yeah. And it, it made me think of the joke from Naked Gun where you see Leslie Nielsen <laughs> and his love interest. They're walking away from a theater laughing and it shows the marquee and it's platoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I cannot believe that they went and saw that movie for a second date. Yeah. And then um, second, her second guess of a date was that they kissed at a stoplight. Who kisses for a first, who does a first kiss at a stoplight? Oh, pretty romantic. What are the other dates? And then, Is that well, it? then we, I think then we get into, she, so she turns away and then she has this sly smile where you, now we see, did she know the whole time? Oh or yeah. Or is she just now realizing she remembers? Oh, she knew. Okay. And then she pulls out. Chapstick. <laughs> and I love this close up because if you pause it, this is a brand new tube of chapstick, never been used. It's like crisp on the outside. Like this is a brand new tube of chapstick that they used. <laughs> yeah. So if you didn't watch this episode, um, she, you see uh, Mrs. Man Me, a.k.a. Mrs. Larry, Dawson's mom, um, in the kitchen about to put the chapstick on her <laughs> lips. And then it just does a quick zoom close yeah. up on just the tube of chapstick yeah brand new tube <laughs> probably the most overt product placement i've seen in a long oh, yeah. time i mean I it mean, takes up the full frame it yeah is, and it's yeah. like yeah. for a moment like a good solid moment i mean and we'll include the screenshot into oh, our definitely. instagram okay. yeah we'll yeah. do that i'm i mean i'm trying to think of like why why have this scene at all in it and it it makes me think like are they trying to play out that she is still very much in love with Dawson's dad and soft B Bob. Like, are these relationships both at the same level? I don't know. Yeah. And in this moment, they, then they start, they have a little slow dance and then you see her face and she looks super, she looks like she feels super guilty. Yeah. Like she has this guilt, look of guilt on her face. I think Joey's lecture went to her head. Joey's yeah. lecture got yeah. to her head. <laughs> yeah. And that, and then I think you're right. We see that in that slow dancing scene, the guilt that's on her face. So we're seeing Mrs. Leary battle with the weight of her actions here a, a little bit, maybe not enough yeah. to cut off the affair entirely, but a little bit. Also, I laughed out loud at the diegetic music that they're listening to and slow oh, yeah. dancing to. Yes. <laughs> the lyric is, there's never been anyone else for me but you. <laughs> She's just like <laughs> so grim. Um, uh, but okay, so from here, we're back, yeah. baby. We're going in on it. Uh, we are back mm -hmm. to this little harbor area where Miss Jacobs is standing in the exact same spot as she was <laughs> in the pilot waiting for Pacey to show up and have another confrontation. Uh, but yeah, they have a confrontation about, you know, we shouldn't be together because of our clear age difference and how illegal this is and how you are taking advantage of a child. And well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone here is on the same page. This is disgusting and horrible and it was awful. Um, I just hate that they're doubling down on their worst B story. Yeah, I was, I mean, I, I felt surprised. Like it seemed like throughout the episode, Miss Jacobs was pretty adamant. Like we can't do this. This isn't happening. And then she like has this whole speech where she, you know, says that they can't be together, all this stuff. And I really thought she was about to walk away. And I was like, all right, here we yep. go. Like, okay, uh -huh. thank goodness. Yeah. And then Pacey grabs her and they embrace and kiss. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I'm also at the same time, I was not surprised at all, but I, I was pretty convinced that 
Ms. Jacobs was going to take the high road there. Yeah, it, uh, again, we're rewarding bad behavior. That seems like mm-hmm. the, the theme of this, sh- this episode a little bit. And I mean, like what kind of lesson are you teaching viewers? It's like yeah. if you're persistent, <laughs> you can get what you want. Oh, it's just so frustrating. This is like, you know, if this were an episodic show, like give, you know, if this was an X-Files B story, this would not continue over to the next episode. But I'm just so worried that all we're going to get now for, I don't know, let's say like four more episodes is this B story. So whenever we're not dealing with Dawson and the love stuff, like it's just going to be Pacey and her. It's like, how long can this go on and just make it worse? Especially after like she really put herself out there with this speech. Like this was supposed to be the end all be all. Like this is the big speech. This is the thing that ends it all. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. So what will it take for this to end? Yeah. Is she going to yeah. get arrested? Is someone going to, it's going to yeah. have to be because I, I feel like, because we saw, she did her best effort. In my opinion, that was her best effort in this moment. We know that she's kind of a broken character, that she has mm-hmm. got some, some issues with herself. And she doesn't try to kiss him. He, being Pacey, is who actually initiates the kiss and does everything. So it's going to require something beyond the two of them to break this apart, which is disgusting to me. Yeah, I mean, so when she moves closer to him, the thing that does win her over is where do you get off on taking all the responsibility for this? Which for her is like, oh, you're right. Like we're both on the same level. Like we both chose to do this. But again, 15, your brain is not formed to make these kind of decisions. And it's so bonkers to me that she, as an adult, as a 40-year-old adult, hears that and goes... You're right. Like he's in on this too. So this is fine. We're both in. Um, and she even makes that reference of like, I want to save you 10 years of therapy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So no. she like, she's very aware of yeah. how wrong all of this yes. is. It sucks. I hate this. I hate yeah. this so much. I think we need to move on mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think we, yeah, we've talked this one, this one to death. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. Um, okay. So, after this, we get back to Dawson and they're still walking down the sidewalk and he admits to Joey that he realizes that he is the monster from his movie and he wishes, you know, life wasn't so heightened and he tells her to keep him lying down the road, even though like we've talked about this over and over again, like she did try to <laughs> mm-hmm. keep him in line and well, Jen being, you know, we see her and so that interrupts their conversation. But so... In this scene, we see Jen as Joey and Dawson are having their conversation about the night. And Jen is, what is she doing? Buying saltwater taffy from a candy (laughs) vendor on the boardwalk who's got like a hot dog cart full of saltwater taffy. (laughs) (laughs) Taffy man, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Well, I mean. In like a small town too. It's like maybe like, like a big boardwalk you know like in santa cruz yeah. or something but like it's like midnight yeah, exactly it's like tiny town really late at night and there's just salt water it's just i mean i i love that little detail i think that's fun but i'm also like either this this adult man who runs the saltwater taffy car is so plugged into cape sides comings and goings mm-hmm. that he's like all right boys gotta go out for the taffy cart tonight it's the school dance <laughs> or he is just like hurting for money and he's just he doesn't have a place to go he's just wandering around avoiding the eternal vampires and like this is his protection is selling taffy we also get the sphincter line oh, here <laughs> 
Also, Dawson says um, about his relationship with Jen, it's officially over. And Joey says, it never began. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God, I love Joey. She uh, is the best. I wonder, I I mean, the sphincter line is the best line of the episode. And I wonder if it was originally written like, you're such an asshole. Yeah, like <laughs> why sphincter? Yeah, WB is <laughs> like, you cannot say asshole. And they're like, butthole? No, you can't say butthole. Can we use sphincter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Also, there was a moment, I think this was like, I think Katie Holmes screwed up a little here. She said, when she said, because the remote on the rewind of life does not work, she like laughed right. and was out of character for a second. I thought that was a <laughs> cute moment. <laughs> he also said, can I bag on you? Yeah. yeah Does anyone term? know what that means? Like, can I head out? Jo- I think Joey said that. Yeah. She's like, can I, I'm in a bag. I've okay. never heard that uh, used in that context. Yeah, I don't think like, I have yeah, either, but that's the only thing I can think of. That must well, I mean, be what it, it means, yeah. yeah. By context, I think that's definitely what it means. Yeah. It just was like... <laughs> Very I've never heard that before. It's like if right now I said, I'm going to drag it out. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> I'm gonna bag are out. we just making up? Th- I mean, they could just be making up things to be like, maybe this will catch yeah. on. Let's Calabanga, go dude. <laughs> I can't express how much I hate Dawson. He makes me want to vomit. <laughs> He's a shithead. Yeah. I hate yeah. him so much. Well, I mean, yeah, let's get into it. So, like, the scene is, you know, he approaches Jen and he's tell, he tells her straight up, like, he doesn't want to be put in what the incels call the friend zone. And this is where Jen does admit to Dawson that she, you know, likes him and doesn't want to move too fast. Also, the the whole boy adventure moment. Oh, my God. I want to be your boy adventure. <laughs> Can we get that tattooed? We, yeah. Yes. Let's all get matching we tattoos. We need that on, on some T-shirts or something. <laughs> something. Um. Yeah, I mean, all of this was just, like, so disgusting to me. Like, um, her, like, Jen, like, multiple times, I was like, what do I have to do? What yes. do I need to do? And it's yeah. Just like, like, yeah, I think I was just kind of disappointed in Jen. Like, like clearly, I'm not surprised that Jen is interested in Dawson, but it was just like, really, after all the behavior right. that you've seen from him, like, you're, you still want to try and make this happen? Like... Seems like not a good choice, but... And I think she's approaching it from the right angle. Why do you need to be defined right now? Why can't we just experience life and go on and see where this goes? Because like Joey said in an earlier scene, you've known me for two seconds. I am new to this town. You are literally the first person that I meet. You live next door to me. Can I not live my own life? You, the music that they're dancing to, the the title of the song is You Don't Know Me. Yes. And this song... This ver- the version of the song in this moment is by Jan Arden, who is the, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and the, if you listen to our first episode, who was the artist who wrote the ori- original song that was supposed to be the intro song of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah. but they bagged it. They bagged exactly. <laughs> for Paula Cole. Thanks, Paula Cole. But it's nice to see that Jan Arden did get her Dawson's Creek payday regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of a sweet moment to have the little dance sequence there like it did kind of feel I couldn't help but feel like my heart was warmed in that moment I mean that was exactly what they were trying to get me to feel but I also couldn't help but be distracted by the couple that was on the boat (laughs) yeah I feel like they they were just like there and the camera was like, oh, let's get this shot get of these em. random people. Right. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. Like these people who aren't even extras. Right. They're just on a boat having wine. Yeah. But we, instead of all of that, we we do get the little dance scene. Yeah. I was just having a thought like, you know, how it's sure it's sweet that Dawson asked for a kissing advice from his father. But like, what about just like 
general relationship advice and respecting women. Yeah, might not be a in good this place show to start. Not yet. Yeah, and the, I think the saddest point of this whole episode is when we pan back from this dance that's happening and just how like, um, like. I, well, we just pan back from the dance and we see Joey watching from behind a street lamp, which is also like, <laughs> were you just like trying to make yourself small behind that? Yeah, the she didn't time? actually bag out after all. No, she just no stayed and watched. <laughs> but I have a piece of evidence that I want to enter into the court here that supports my initial um, my initial sta- stance that I believe that Dawson is a queer character because as this slow dance is happening, we get a zoom in after that 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 dialogue that I just read, the sea of kisses is, is just the end result. And Jen actually looks really happy. She's like, she, it kind of harkens back to the dance that we saw with the Learys where, where the Mr. Leary looked happy and Mrs. Leary looked guilty. In this case, Jen looks happy that she's getting this dance with Dawson and Dawson looks petrified. I, I promise you go back and watch this scene. He has an, he has a blank expression on his face. His eyes are wide and he's just staring off into the distance. He is not happy to be dancing with Jen in this moment. There is, he got what he was looking for this entire night, which was some intimacy in this case, personal close, like physical closeness with his person, this quote unquote object of his desire. But in this moment, when he finally gets that, he does not look happy. He doesn't look like he is actually enjoying this moment with this person. He looks terrified as if mm. he is realizing it wasn't as good as he was expecting. Yeah, I would love that kind of reading with this character that's so obsessed with film and he only sees heterosexual relationships in Steven Spielberg movies and what other movies that he's watching mm-hmm. that he thinks like, oh, I'm supposed to be with a woman because that's what the movies tell me, even though it makes me feel nothing. And that would add to why he's so grossed out by sex because he only views sex as between a man and a woman. And so, I mean, yeah, that'd be yeah. really, really interesting and cool Come on, Kevin Williamson, I know you can do it. That would be a great way for this show to flesh out even more because if if this is how it is right now, I'm just kind of whatever to it and Dawson sucks. Um, should we get into our final thoughts and yeah. our rating? Yes, we should. I loved the episode. I um, am very excited to continue watching. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was like a lot of fun. There's a lot of like very... Uh, what's the word just like um classic high school you know the dance the fight the just the different relationships felt like uh, i don't know but i'm excited and (laughs) um there were some really funny moments and i i overall really enjoyed the writing i thought the writing was very sharp do you want to give it a rating are we doing it on a uh five uh five Five creek scale five Uh, creeks you know, I think I'm going to give it a four and a half, knocking it a half, half creek because um, of the lack of canoeing mm. and, uh, and creek, yes. creek presence. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I loved this episode. I thought it was pretty much incredible. Um, I laughed so hard at so many points in this episode. I didn't cry. Um, but I definitely did feel emotions that I wasn't expecting to feel. Um, I felt challenged by the episode at multiple points. So I think that if I had to rate this on a Creek scale, 
I, I really want to say five, but I'm going to say four because there are also some some glaring issues. Um, I'm going to give it like a 4.7. Oh, maybe pitchfork now. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a five. Too soon to... I feel like it's too soon to give it, give it a five. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, lots of surprises. I laughed. I yelled, yelled at the <laughs> screen. Um, <laughs> James knows that cause he heard yeah. me. Um, <laughs> um, not much. I mean, you kind of all covered it, but yeah, I just, it was, there was a lot. Um, I really liked the character development with Jen and Joey becoming a little closer. Um, and I don't want to see any more of Pacey, but at the same time I do because I really want to know what his life is like outside of what we've seen so far. So, yeah. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. I think it's an enormous improvement over the pilot. I think it was much better paced. I think there's so many things about it that are a lot stronger and... I enjoyed myself from start to finish. I just think that there were a lot of things that were lacking when it comes to not continuity error, but just the fact that we're getting these big breaks in time where things should have been moving a little better. It just came off a little clunky to me. Did, sorry, did you say three and a half out of five? Three and a half out of five. Dang. Yeah, it's low. Well, if you think five is like masterpiece television. <laughs> this well, was You're coming from the lens there. of like, uh, yeah, being like making film, I guess. So it's like. I don't know. He I'm has sorry. taste, all right. None of us do. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think it's. I mean, I like a lot of things that I would give a lower rating to, you know. And I mean, like a lot of my fa- one of my favorite movies of all time is Billy Madison, <laughs> and I would say that movie is a D at best. So, uh, yeah. But like back to this, three and a half out of five. I I had some issues with a lot of the scenes. I mean, if we're being honest, the kissing advice scene is weird and did not belong to being here. The chapstick thing didn't really add anything to the narrative. It was just there to sell chapstick. Um, but what elevated this for me was the fact that they are aware that Dawson is a monster. The movie that he's shooting is an allegory <laughs> for his life. And so we like, I have hope that they know what they're doing and they are developing him to be someone that is not admirable Right. admirable and he's learning from his experiences with that being said i still hate pacey and his plot the b story is awful i do not want to see it and even just like from a standpoint of telling a narrative i do not like seeing just one little story being drawn out so much because again this character is supposed to be a main character and every scene that he's in is about pretty much one thing how can i be with the teacher and it is agonizing um but yeah i still really enjoy this episode it was a lot of fun <laughs> Um, well, should we get into recommendations here? I would love to. You want to go first, Cody, since you went last last time? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, my recommendation that has nothing to do with Dawson's Creek this week is a podcast called Watch If You Dare. It is a show that explores horror cinema through the eyes of a self-proclaimed coward and through another person who's a longtime fan. So each episode, they go through a movie that's spooky and they try to attempt to figure out, like, why the jump scares and supernatural entities and phobias get under our skin, and if people that are interested in getting into horror movies can handle it. Um, it's really fun. I think they have really great chemistry. They're, I mean, you can tell that they've been friends for a really long time, and it, there's just something really genuine and fun about it that I really like. And they start <laughs> each episode off talking about different things in horror that aren't movies as recommendations, and I've 
like gotten into a lot of cool stuff based on the recommendations. Um, if you're going to get into the podcast, I think their episodes on um, the thanks the Thanksgiving themed eighty slasher Blood Rage is amazing, and their latest one about Jordan Peele's Get Out was extremely good and very insightful. I think you should check it out. Awesome. Um, I will recommend an Instagram account at the Lisa Gilroy. She is a funny lady that uh, makes me laugh every day and. I think she's the best. And she does a lot of like funny characters. Yeah, lots of good content on her Instagram. Cool. Nice. Um, so last night, James and I watched The French Dispatch. And this is not a recommendation for that, but it reminded me of another, an Instagram account that I follow. Um, one of my favorites called uh, Accidentally Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah, that's so fun. Love this account. Um, they It was, like, started in 2017 by just some fans of Wes Anderson, um, but it's kind of grown to have this, like, massive following. Uh, so, like, it's if you love architecture, history, travel, like, design, color, any, you know, anything that kind of, like, is when you watch a Wes Anderson film, you see these things in his um, shots. But, um, yeah, this is just, like, I highly recommend taking a dive into this account. It's lots of fun. <laughs> So they also take photo submissions from like fans and they have a website and they kind of have a lot of like involvement with fans. So it's a fun one. Awesome. Um, my recommendation this week is something maybe a little narrow. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> if anybody else cares about this, but I'm going to recommend a brand new video game as of the release or as of the recording of this episode called Elden Ring. If you don't know what that is have no fear. It's a really cool <laughs> fantasy video game that was made in collaboration between George R.R. R. Martin, who you may know from the Game of Thrones series, and a, a incredible individual named Hidetaka Miyazaki, who created the Souls uh, video games like Dark Souls and um, and Bloodborne and things like that. Elden Ring is the latest installment of the Souls-like games, in which case we are in a... As you might imagine, if you're familiar with the other ins installations of this, a kind of like apocalyptic fantasy universe. It is incredibly punishing. It's really, really hard, but the landscapes are absolutely beautiful. And lately I've been playing this game and it's the kind of game where you see like, like a big castle off in the distance, like far, far away. And you're like, how do I get there? I want to go there. And suddenly you find yourself just like mindlessly adventuring through this crazy landscape full of like skeletons and scary zombies and big dudes on horseback with a sword and they all want to kill you and you have to kind of figure out how to get there. And it's just, it's one of the most rewarding games. All of those, all of the souls games are, and this one is absolutely fantastic. So I can't uh, recommend it more. Elden Ring, check it out. And do we want to get in the next time on Dawson's Creek, season one, episode three, entitled Kiss, the class movie, the class movie hits some trouble, giving Dawson an advantage. Joey falls in love with a visitor to the town. Pacey's school achievements and his relationship with Miss Jacobs intensify. Boo. Dawson brings his feelings about Jen out into the open. Can't wait to find out what that means. And we will in our hey. next episode. 
Yeah, so make sure to follow us online. You can find us on the socials at Freaks and Creeks Pod. You can find us on any podcatcher or platform that you are listening to. You're probably listening to us right there, right now. But please go ahead and rate and review us. That would mean a lot. And otherwise, we will catch you next time on Freaks and Creeks. 